Oh my goodness, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you who are listening to uh, this on iTunes or even on YouTube at this point, you just missed 20 minutes of the hottest podcast action this side of a burning bridge. (laughs) It's Friday, April the 21st, 2017. It is Technical Alpha episode 6. Although, if we keep this technical crap going, it could be episode 9 by the time we actually get the wheels turning on this bad boy. Uh, But I think we're good now. I think we're fresh. So, just like I did the first time before we restarted this whole thing, I'm going to give a quick shout out to all the people giving us reviews on iTunes, pushing us up to almost 50 reviews in total now. Uh, Hopefully, by the end of the the next week, we can hit 50. Then I'll feel good, because I'll look at the number and go, "Mm." But then I won't be satisfied till it's 100. I see a, a hundred and it ends. just keeps going. Never ends, never ends. Mr. Maximus Black. Yeah. Hit me up with the sound of ordering a fancy drink at Starbucks only to have them get the order wrong. Welcome to Starbucks. How may I help you? Actually, it's, uh, I'm not even a. Yeah, actually, I'm going to do this. <laughs> there we go. Uh, welcome to uh, Starbucks. How may I help you? Uh, yeah, I'll get a uh, a grande cinnamon dolce latte. Uh, easy on the whipped cream, please. All right, that is one hundred twenty-seven dollars and forty-six cents. Please drive through to the first window. Here you go. Oh, thank you. Hey, there's one hundred and thirty. Keep the change. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Wait. I said keep it easy on the fucking. What did I say again? This is whipped cream. I think maybe on I'm the whipped cream. Fuck. <laughs> You gave me extra. I totally forgot what I was eating. <laughs> I forget it, too. Man. The fucking Starbucks orders are like four minutes long. <sighs> oh my goodness! I'm just Good failing effort. all over the place today. It's just not my day. Good effort. Hey, That's everything's one falling job, apart. Man. One job. I'm looking <sighs> shiny as Show hell up. today. You can you can see yourself in my <laughs> forehead. Oh. It's that auto brightness on right now. I'm seeing. I'm seeing if I leave everything on the webcam on auto, if it miraculously stops doing the weird flicker crap this week. So I've just. I'm starting to slowly give up the dream. Just Logitech take the wheel. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, SoundCloud, uh, Patreon, just about everywhere you could possibly imagine. One or two times somebody found us on a curb. Next to a hobo, and then they gave him away because he needed it, and that's all right. Also, we, uh, oh, shout what, outs! What? I'm going to cut you off, bro, oh. because I want to give some shout outs here, and possibly oh. by the end of this stream, it j- the dream may okay. happen. It may happen. Okay. Oh yeah, because uh, we're we close. Are, oh, we are real close. We're at. So we did. We, for those that didn't listen to last week's podcast, go do it because it was a really good podcast. Uh, but we Why haven't you yet? We we made a deal. Uh, where we talked about DLC and we, and I raged about DLC and then we shamelessly uh, made our own DLC where on Patreon, if we get to either 350 uh, Patreons or we get the $3,500, whichever one comes first, we will release the like two-hour special. Adam, do you have that all edited up and ready to go? Hell no, but I can do it in like five minutes, so it's not a big deal. Okay, cool. Uh, well, you ought to get that ready because we're at $3,408.301 Patreon. So shout outs to everybody that has been we kicking this into, uh, in, into high gear. Uh, I believe it might, we might even get this by the end of this cast. But if not, 
Yeah. Uh, go social. Go show some love. I know I, I shamelessly plug the uh, the one dollar, and I think only two people did the actual dollar. We the two one hundred dollar spots did, filled up. Yeah, uh, all the other <laughs> yeah. stuff. Also, if you're listening, one last plug before we get into the show. Um, for those that have the Patreon, where I do hit me up with that noise that you guys want. I emailed all the Patreons, so make sure that you guys check your inboxes. Uh, mm. and let me know what sounds you want to make because I'm going to be recording everything by end of the month, and I'll have all of those uh, MP3 or WAV files sent out to you guys. So check your inboxes on Patreon and tell me what you want me to say. Continue Absolutely. forward. Absolutely. Some, someday Patreon and all these other services will have a, like, an easier service for fulfillment. Uh, I haven't I haven't worked with the back end yet that actually makes that easy, but uh, that's for now the easiest way. Like Jeff is saying, make sure you see that message. Go and let him know what weird, vaguely sexual things you want him to say into a microphone for you, so your cell phone goes off in the theater and everybody looks at you weird. Vaguely, uh, <laughs> <laughs> bluntly. Sorry, what was I thinking? <laughs> um, today we've got uh, we've got a handful of relatively uh, thick. Like a bowl of oatmeal topics uh, this week, despite the fact that this week was a relatively slow week for news in general for gaming, like the usual stuff. Uh, pretty much nothing happened this week. However, we do have uh, enough to run with here on some of the uh, the heavier topics. Mm. I'm actually really excited about this week. Out of all the weeks we've had, these topics are actually probably, I think, the most interesting to me. Oh, all right. Put the table down there, panic. Easy there, killer. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I actually I, I snuck some in because the the episode that we had when I read it, it was like a lot of the same stuff. So I kind of constructed the second half of the show today. That's all. I, I wasn't sure if we wanted to talk about some of the stuff you put in here because I was like, we already kind of. But you know what? Whatever. YOLO. Guys, YOLO. just so you know, it's a teaser for the second half. There's a word in there that I don't think Jeff will ever be able to say. I, I already know what word that is. It. I can't. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I can't say it either, so don't feel so bad. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. Uh, first up on uh, on today, we're going to be talking about uh, something that I whoever wrote this in originally called MOBA Madness. Mm. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Come on down and watch Faker make everyone look like a bunch of toddlers for only nine ninety nine. Or twenty four ninety nine, like we're going to be talking about later on in this podcast. Uh, or free ninety nine, or free ninety. Yes, that's true. Or free ninety nine. Uh, so I have my. How did I write this down in my notes? What is a MOBA? Why did I write? Why write down what is a MOBA in my notes? Yeah. I think. I think the question. I think the question. What that was that was supposed to be is is we wanted to talk a bit about, you know. Uh, not literally what is a MOBA, because I think a lot of people understand, most people understand what a MOBA is, but what what is a MOBA now? Because so many quote-unquote MOBAs exist now, the genre has become diluted to the point where it's almost like, it's it's like when Jeff and I started playing so generic Drop means Zone. Nothing. Yeah, so when we started playing Drop Zone, and people looked at it and was like, that's a MOBA, and I was like, Probably not, because I can't possibly place this directly in alongside something like a League of Legends or a Dota. There's not. There's literally the only the only conceptual difference here is it's an isometric fucking view. Virtually everything else about it is pretty much different. So, you know what? I guess we need to talk about first of all what do we each individually consider a MOBA to be. Um, 
and and then try and figure out you know what's going on in the genre right now and then and then we wanted to talk a little bit about the successes and the and the failures and stuff because I think excuse me I think that some of the uh, some of the games that have decided to use the MOBA as a as a badge for their game uh, like the to actually put it in, to put their game in that box have kind of done themselves more harm than good by doing so because their game oh, yeah. didn't really fit that in general. So first of all, Mr. Black, when you wake up in the morning and you're struck with just the most important question in your life of what is a MOBA? It's the existential crisis moment that everybody has when they're drinking their coffee uh, or their cinnamon dolce grande suck your dick side, sideways Samuel easy on the whipped cream and they go overboard on it. What is your definition of a MOBA. What is it what does that mean to you? What do you think of when you think MOBA? I think a multiplayer online battle arena. Wow. Easy there, killer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't well, go literally too every the box. multiplayer game I mean, where you fight. You know, every multiplayer I, game you fight someone. I, I'm I'm reading, you know, I'm gonna be honest, man. I'm reading this 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 topic today and I'm going, well, where do you want to take this? Because it's literally what I just said. It's a multi player online battle arena so really i consider drop zone a moba i consider league a moba i consider dota a moba i consider um heroes of the storm a moba even though heroes of the storm doesn't even want to acknowledge itself as a moba wants to be Mm, called a brawler mm. which is just another fancy way of being called a moba so they didn't compete with league of legends although they definitely do um, they're just trying to say, hey, we're a totally different genre. We're a totally different game. Um, I think anybody that well, comes out with a game and calls it a brawler is more of a it's more of a cheeky way of trying to separate yourself from the generic MOBA pack. But at the end of the day, there should be like, you know, MOBAs, all the games and then like sub MOBAs, like kind of hybrid games and like you know, obviously, a lot of the these, betas. yeah, it's like there's a lot of these <laughs> games that come out, and they they know they're a MOBA, but they try and do it a little differently so that they're not like every other MOBA. Because let's be real, MOBAs are MOBAs, and at the end of the day, they all kind of feel the same. It's just what kind of difference does it have that stands out from all the other games? And the only one that I can really think of off the top of my actually two of them is Drop Zone because it has that RTS element and then that game that we played called Strafe or Strife. Um, Strife. That, Strife. Mm-hmm. Um, Battle Ride, that game, all those type of games. That was kind of similar to Drop Zone in a way. Um, <clears throat> but that's they're all MOBAs. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say. But then where does the game like, say, Team Fortress 2 or all those other shooter games? Because technically... You're, it's multiple players, you're online, and you're fighting each other. That's like, again, the genre definition has just like gotten so vague now. Would the older style arena shooters count? Quake and all of those. Are those MOBAs now? Like, So what was the first game least, to take the badge then? Was it Dota? Um, it, it was Dota when they came out on League Warcraft 3. They, they called it like a MOBA. Okay, all right. I didn't but know if it was like, adopted later or like, if it was like... yeah. Like when, yeah, like when Dota came out, oh yeah, we're a multiplayer online battle arena in Warcraft. I'm like, all right, cool. And then like it kind of grew out from there. But now nowadays you have all these games coming out that are MOBAs. But one, are they like the spiritual MOBA like the original games? Or because now this is super generic. Almost every game can be called a MOBA now. 
At least well, you know, I, uh, I, don't, I don't know about that. I mean, we're getting a little too technical here. I mean, but, but think pretty about much it, every but, yeah, game but, mode is a multiplayer online, you know, but, battle arena. Yeah, well, here, exactly. Here. I think so. I think maybe that's a bit of a of a problem with the name MOBA itself, right? It, the acronym yeah. itself is to, a little they need to rebrand. It, it doesn't actually pin down anything. They literally just call themselves a multiplayer online game. Like there's almost nothing because a, a, an FPS team based game could totally fall into that definition quite easily so you have to apply it to something and if you apply it to something that's why i asked you know what the first game was that used it because whatever the first game was that used it when they came up with that name to separate themselves from like say an rts which is the derivative you know it's a derivative of real-time strategy games when they came up with that whatever it is that that game was which was dota as we've now just discussed was there what they envisioned to be a MOBA? So now that we've then we got League of Legends that used it, and League and and and, and Dota, of New Earth, Dota are, to all of these oh yeah, Heroes of New Earth, yeah, all that. Those are all very much. You can see how similar that shit is. There's, I mean, we're we're talking in some cases. It, I don't want to say splitting hairs it's so close, but if, if somebody who doesn't know the genre at all were to look at all of those games, aside from the graphics, they're going to say, yeah, that pretty much looks like the same game. We're going up three lanes, you know, it's the objective of get to the other side and blow the other dude's shit up, and then like that's, that's the game, right? So when other games started coming out and applying MOBA to themselves, that started getting further and further away from that original vision of when the acronym had been, you know, created, uh, I think that's probably where the the problem lies. And then, like we said earlier, in Panic, you'll probably remember the names of some of them more than I would because I've been trying to think this whole time and can't remember. <laughs> there's a couple. Of, there's a couple that I can think of off the top, or not off the top. But I can think of just in memory that failed because they got labeled a MOBA. You know, oh, wh- man, which there's ones? So many. Um, there, there was a, a pretty recent keep- one that came out. There are games that came out that were like more shooters and like arena shooters, but like, oh no, we're a MOBA. And one of the big ones yeah. was Gearbox with Battleborn. Like, that's Battleborn the one I'm thinking came of. out, and that one just came out flat on its face. People were like going into it expecting like a MOBA, and were like, no, this plays like an arena shooter. And the arena shooter guys were like, this is playing way too much like a MOBA. It's very confusing. And they didn't really execute either, and they just did themselves such a disservice. Paladins isn't like a similar boat. They like came out as like, oh, we're a MOBA, but in a shooter format. And then they're like, oh, no, we're like Overwatch. And then, you know, Overwatch again. And at some point, people are like, oh, yeah, no, it's kind of like a MOBA arena shooter. But then Overwatch is like, no, we're more just like an arena shooter. But well, again, it kind of shows Battleborn, how like they're shooting themselves in the foot. Battleborn considers itself a first person shooter. Uh, they don't they haven't marketed as a MOBA. Um, they did for a long time, actually. They did for a while, especially at PAX. Yeah, really, because I I never heard of that, and when I go and look them up, like even on their website, first person shooter. Oh, they had up, to fight the battle uh, to change shooter. public perspe- perception because they actually were in oh, interviews yeah. and and stuff. They were they were comparing themselves. They're, They're like we're a shooter, but we're a MOBA, and like they literally tried to tie the two together to the point where people were like saying MOBA, 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 and then they realized, wait, that's actually not a good idea. Uh, because people were starting to automatically associate it with League of Legends, which at the time was even more in public eye as being a shit pile, and then uh, they started to backpedal like crazy. And okay, no, it's not. No, guys, whoa, whoa, whoa! It's not a MOBA. It's something else. And then they started changing their their tune. So that kind of like, that kind of like definition. 
like a genre definition when it's actually physically causing like development problems or like public, like just going out and like confusing everyone. Yeah. I feel like that's like kind of a huge issue, especially when it's affecting you know successes for even like big studios like Gearbox is. You know, they do a lot of AAA and large title games, and for them, like one of their games is I don't like know. I'm, I'm, flop uh, or a branding issue. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go and say like I actually still don't know the point of what we're trying to get to here. I don't I don't understand what we're trying to talk about, and I most certainly don't understand how Battleborn being whether it's considered a MOBA or not, how that hurts the game in any massive way. What really hurts the game is the fact that. The market is so saturated everywhere, whether it's a first-person shooter, whether it's a MOBA. Uh, nobody's making RTSs flat out anymore. They just don't do that. But that's basically what Twitch is. That's basically what esports is. And I don't think it's necessarily the label MOBA or the label FPS. I mean, you look at a game like Paragon, which is a third-person MOBA, which some people consider it a shooter. Um, it's, it's not the fact of the title. It's the the amount of competition every game has got when it comes out and if they don't get a community started streamers playing the game people excited there's only so many personalities so many uh pro players and people just go where the money's at so it's really hard to create something from scratch i don't think the fact that we name it a moba or a brawler or a first person shooter has really any bearing on the success of a game. If it's good, it's good. If there's enough buzz about it, there's enough buzz. Or if there's enough marketing dollars so they can just chuck it in your face till the end of time until eventually you play it, then maybe it can catch on enough where it can create some kind of traction. You know, you've got a game like Smite that's kind of, it's always got this, it's a small community, but it's a small, big community, if that makes sense. And I think that at this point, no matter what game comes out, whether 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 it's Paladins or or Drop Zone or Paragon or Smite or any of these types of games, there's always these upper levels of esports or things that are popular on Twitch. Uh, and I don't care what you name it; uh, it's a combination of luck, marketing dollars, and how good the game is. I don't think the genre really has anything to do with it, personally. That sounds like one of the most ignorant things I think I've ever heard in my entire life. If I'm going to be completely honest <laughs> with you. I disagree because I, di- I disagree with Jeff because specifically like Battleborn and Paladins, they went hard in the paint with marketing dollars. They had massive displays at conventions. They had marketing campaigns. I saw Battleborn on buses in the city while going to work. Like but they were going played hard. It. Nobody, nobody well, that, played that's the, the thing. And, and reviewers well, and reviewers because, and were, because it was a MOBA or they were mistakenly. Oh, but dude, well, you said it was a MOBA. Too. No, it's reviewers, not. Well, then we fail. What? Review, reviewers, when they were reviewing the games, they actually said, you know, we were expecting one thing based on all the publicized stuff, but we got a completely different game. Like, you know, we got and it, and it. Yeah, it was a mediocre game. But on top of that, even reviewers were confused what they were supposed to be looking at, which in turn leads to poor sales. Like, personally, for me, I don't buy games until I see the reviews. Um, I'm sure a lot of other people will go the same way. Um, again, like those games went heavy on the marketing dollars and they did go heavy on a lot of the streamers initially. But as soon as the money went away, it was gone. Games like Dropzone and others, they're they're marketing differently. They're not going heavy on marketing, but they're going more with the influencer routes, and they're doing other things. But the games themselves are actually good and more well defined in what type of game they're selling themselves as. So there's people, less ambiguity people, in what they actually are. People by by nature work with association. It's how people work. That's why stereotypes exist. It's why people make knee-jerk reactions, make snap purchases decisions. All this shit is by association. If you 
if you put something in a box and you call it X and somebody looks at that and and thinks that they're getting X and then in, in reality it's Y, that's a problem. It's a big problem and it's a problem that will result in you losing sales. That's just simple marketing. That's simple, any product, that's just how it goes. So if you, with Gearbox, if you have this problem where for the first half of all the marketing dollars you've been dumping into this game and all of the f- press coverage and all of the interviews and everything that you ever put out has been MOBA on your lips and people start making the associations with Dota and League of Legends which have positive and negative connotations that come with them. And then they see the gameplay and they see it and they say, yeah, I can kind of see this, but now you get put into this even smaller box where it's, it's a, well, your League of Legends with guns. It's the same as a lot of people when they look at Fallout, the Fallout franchise, it's Skyrim with guns. And you have to, you, as a publisher or as a developer, you have to spend time and money, regardless of whether it's somebody who uh, is on Twitch as an influencer or if it's marketing dollars in uh, advertising or otherwise, you have to be able to make sure that whatever the end user is taking in as what they think, what their impressions are of what they're going to be playing, that's your challenge. And so for Gearbox... Their gear for Gearbox, their targeting was like Brett Hall trying to hit the broadside of a fucking barn. They were firing <laughs> pucks left, right, and center. They hit an old woman out back shoveling horse shit, but they didn't get anywhere near the barn itself. And then when the game came out, people were confused. On top of that, it was a problem of the game also, unfortunately, not being some sort of second coming. It wasn't a 9 out of 10. It wasn't a 10 out of 10. It wasn't even really an 8 out of 10 for most people. It was like a 7, which is not something that's going to suddenly take off like a bat out of hell, even when you have good branding, good marketing, good recognition of what your hell you're even pushing in the first place. And so the reason why, to also answer another question uh, that you had about why are we even talking about this, this is part of the problem. MOBA as a definition has gotten put on so many things that it's becoming confusing and it's becoming diluted. And so if we weren't going to call it a MOBA and more things have to happen, this is happening across the gaming world in general. Genres are getting harder to pin down on games. Everything has RPG elements. Everything has like a first person shooter element. Everything's got driving mechanics to the point where they're all blending into this one fucking like uh, magic bullet fucking party drink mixer and everybody's got a different colored ring but in reality they're all a smoothie like that's the problem and with MOBAs it's a big gun because the MOBA brand is attached to League of Legends and Dota 2 those are huge fucking hitters not just in esports but in the gaming development uh, world in general Branding, just as a brand so yeah. uh, so in the future guys I guess my next question I, w- I would pose to you is uh, is the solution like we Jeff had touched on a little bit before where people were just calling it a brawler instead to try and separate themselves like I think Blizzard had the right idea with Heroes of the Storm Heroes of the Storm had other issues where they just said this is not a MOBA this is something it is. else um, it is but it, the problem with Blizzard's thing is that is that they were branding it differently but in reality it's totally a fucking MOBA but you can apply that to other games that aren't in that situation. What would you then call it? Like, we already have established that MOBA is probably a pretty shit acronym to begin with. So if there was something else, instead of multiplayer online battle arena, 
you know, what would you, what would you come up with if you're a developer and you were trying to separate yourself from the, the league and the Dota shit? I mean, is that where what we're at think? right now? We're trying to create genres. I mean, it's a MOBA. They're based <laughs> off. They're based off the juggernauts. You know why? Because they want a piece of the pie. They know that there's millions and millions of people out there. They know that there's millions of people that want to change. It's like Call of Duty. There's a lot of diehard Call of Duties that still buy six of them a year and play them religiously. But there's a lot of people that hate it. They're waiting for something else. They're they're tired of it. It's no different than League. It's no different than Dota. They're looking for alternatives. They're looking for alternatives. And there's a reason why they market MOBA. That's why they slap MOBA on everything because they know that the market is the biggest one out there and they're trying to get a piece of it. Even if they get 5% of the MOBA market, they're fucking huge. So that's why they do it and that's why the games are created very similar to League and Dota and all these other ones. The reason why Battle.net or Battle.net Blizzard decided to call it a brawler is because they just didn't want to be compared to League of Legends. They wanted it to be more friendly. You can't talk to the opposing team. It's it's much more laid back. It's not as competitive. You level up like together as a team. It's not like one guy trying to be fucking faker. You know, but it's a MOBA. It's literally a MOBA. And I don't think there's a problem with calling it what it is. And it's a MOBA. And all these games that we've that we've said, whether it's Battleborn, whether it's Paragon, Drop Zone, League, Dota, Han, whatever, they're all MOBAs. There's no subgenre. There's no trying to come up with some fancy way to lie to your audience. I mean, they're just playing Wolf. They're saying, hey, we're not a MOBA, we're we're not a MOBA, but we're a MOBA. Um, they all want to be MOBAs, just accept it and make a better game than League. And the thing is, is even if you don't make a better game than League, which most don't, let's be honest, um, they still got to go up against the juggernaut and they're probably still not going to be as successful as they, they thought because everybody's attached to League of Legends. I, I don't know what else to add to it. It's just, it's one of those things. There's just, there's just a reason why League is massive. There's a le- reason why COD is massive. It's no different than other shooters coming out and go, well, we're not a shooter. Well, yeah, you are. You, you're, you, you've got guns. You go around, you shoot and kill people. What are you going to, you want to come up with a different genre just to not, to separate yourself from the bad uh, Call of Duty people that cry online and call you every name under the book and you're just trying to be something you're not? I mean... They all want a piece of it. There's a reason why. It's no different than the movies. Like, are you a horror movie or are you like a a thriller suspense? You know, they try to. Come on, we know what you are. So I, I don't know what call else to it add. A duck, to this. a duck. Yeah, it's it's a duck. I just want to call everything a game, man. Fuck breaking it down. Stop playing like <laughs> you're something else. You're just a fucking video game, man. We're all in one it's, bucket. Like at that, like just fuck it. Who gives a shit about being specific? It's just a video game. Fuck it. What's that genre on the back? Oh, it's a video game. Perfect. Just what I was looking for. Ladies and gentlemen, kickstarted games have had a hell of a fucking go. We have had more failures than successes by far on Kickstarter for games. Uh, Many of them haven't even made it off the show floor. They just literally... They get funded, they start in, somebody says, oh shit, we're in over our head, and then they shut it all down, and some people bow out gracefully and and manage to still get everybody's money back, and it goes smoothly, and other people just get wrecked. So, 
So in before we in, jump in, into yeah, this go ahead. super hard, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we jump into this super hard, how many games have you guys kickstarted personally, or have you kickstarted any? And if not, oh, why? nope, none. Give some people some context. None for Jeff. I've did I kickstart? Did I kickstart game? I've kickstarted things. I just don't know if I've kickstarted games. There was there were <laughs> games that I have missed that I didn't even know were kickstarters that I would have kickstarted. Like abduction, for example, I would have totally kickstarted that <laughs> ages ago. Um, but I don't, I don't think there's any that I can think of off the top of my head that were uh, that were games. I've just kickstarted other stuff. What about you, Panic? Uh, I've kickstarted a bunch actually, um, and I actually haven't had any of my games not delivered. Surprisingly, super Damn. surprisingly, batting uh, one hundred uh, off Kickstarter. Oh yeah, I can Divinity, think of one. Pillars of Eternity, Tides of Numenera. I can think of. Oh one. yeah, there's that one that's not out yet, Jeff. It's no. coming. It's never coming. <laughs> yeah, but sure, I hope. Yeah, um, I bet you kickstarted that one the most. Uh, no, actually, uh, I kickstarted uh, what do you call it, Divinity and Tides of Numenera, quite a bit. Um, mm. Not nearly as much. Um, and all three of those games. Oh, actually, uh, dra- uh, what's it? Shadowrun and the Shadowrun games. There's actually a couple of studios that do oh, surprisingly yes. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, no, I've, I can start a fair amount. I haven't actually gotten burned yet. Surprising. <laughs> Star Citizen. Uh, that's <clears throat> yet. Talk about that one until later, they yeah. until they until they call it that it's over and 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 the lead devs are like 104 years old and they're like fuck guys can't do it. I've played a bunch of Star Citizen, even though it's not officially out. You know, I've played the Dogfighter. I've you know I've used it and I you know I've enjoyed it so far. So I know it's still one of them pipe dream games and there's a lot of vapor around it. Um, the stuff that they have delivered so far has been pretty good. So, you know, from pretty my good. perspective, well, I'm all right. I'm that right there. That I'm all right, right there, with, I'm all right with the process somewhere in the planet. I'm all one right those, with the process. One of those 19 Citizen. planets that they have that you can <laughs> seamlessly <laughs> Jeff, go on Jeff, to. One of my, one of my top 10 games it's pretty good. was free yeah, space. It's pretty good. And Star, it's a fucking Star- like $200 million kickstarted game. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> should be fucking orgasmic it should be like the it, it should literally transcend gaming it should just be like i i, I can't oh i think it i will. can't even sleep i can't even sleep without thinking about star citizen how much how much was is. i mean we we talked about we talked about last week briefly how much um not to derail this completely but how much like some of the most expensive games uh of all time development cost have been and obviously the one that's the highest is destiny but a lot of that is Marketing it's all budget. Marketing. I, I, it's all marketing. I don't know yeah. how much of that is marketing, but I'd love to know what the actual dev cost is, so I could compare Destiny to Star Citizen directly. Because to this point, the amount of marketing versus dev time to those two games, I would be intrigued uh, with the comparison. So I can, one of the I can, um, Star Citizen is around two hundred million, I think, right now. Um, the reason why I actually don't have a problem with Star Citizen, usually, like Jeff, I would be in your camp for a lot of other things, um, and even for a lot of Kickstarter projects, especially when they're so far over the deadline, is um, they're pretty transparent. Like if you go on to the Star Citizen sites, they list out when their patches are coming on, and you get the full view of the internal dev pipeline. Like the only thing you're really not seeing is like the like the specific tickets they're working on, but they're like these are the features that are coming in the next patch this is a targeted date when if a date slides it's listed there and you know when it's going to slide and, and they explain why it slides all right and they've been I'm trying gonna, out the super transparent side i'm going to say I'm one cool thing about star citizen and then i'll pretty much shut up for the rest of this topic because <laughs> i don't have much more to add to it but star citizen is just like the mother or father 
that will that will just keep enabling his son or daughter to sit in the house at age 40 and do nothing. But he's a nice guy, but he's trying, you know, oh, I saw him put out two resumes this week. It's OK. You can stay here rent free. <laughs> it's OK. Hey, he's giving me progress updates. He's doing a really he's really trying real hard. He's doing. Come on. Stop with the madness. Two hundred million dollars. The fucking guys up top are getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. It's just absolutely ludicrous. They're having cons. They're spending all this money having Stark Citizen cons and all this other shit. They're doing more partying and more celebrating something that is nothing, really. And I've seen it. I was I bought into the hype for a while. I was excited about it. And then I realized, like, four or five years in, uh, we're just never going to get a game. They cashed out. It's the biggest scam ever in the history of kickstarting whether you look at it or not there's probably a lot of star citizen people listening to this right now that want to like show me all these stats and say oh but they're telling they're so transparent they're telling us everything listen you, you can't change my mind on this i'm i'm gonna have a moment of silence for your That's money fair. in a second and uh <laughs> and that'll be the show um you know what they did they basically it's almost as if for example You're calling before, it a ponzi scheme well it, it, i i i Yes and no. It's it's almost like I, I understand that they had that they wanted to make something special, and I'm behind that. But here's the thing: it's almost like before uh, Lucas sold his baby to Disney, and say somebody came and was like, "Guys, now all you need to do is just sell me Star Wars, and I'm going to make this. We're going to forget the prequels happen." And I'm going to make this the single greatest Star Wars you've ever seen. And and you've got this hardcore Star Wars fan. And he's he's telling you everything that you want to hear. You know, it's almost it's almost like a religion. You know, if I'm going to go that deep, it's like you got somebody that is so into religion and you tell them that this here is life changing. This is your savior. This is whatever it is that you believe in. And of course, they're so brainwashed and they're so into it and they believe the message so much that they will give everything and anything to the to cause believe. because they're just so I mean, you're you're playing to their heartstrings. Like if somebody told me they're going to make the perfect Star Wars or the perfect, you know, video game. Uh, you know, the perfect StarCraft, I'm going to throw every fucking cent I got at the monitor. I'm going to say, take it all, just make the game, take your time, make it amazing, it's going to be worth it. And they just played on those heartstrings. And there's so many people out there that want to live a life outside of their own life. They want to go and travel the space and the universes, and they want to do all these crazy things. And they played to it, and they did it perfectly. They made ships cost thousands of dollars, and they fucking did all this stuff. Because they knew that nerds like us would just throw money at the screen and not think anything of it and say, take your time, and they cash in checks. It's a scam. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Nice hus. Nice hus. <laughs> I don't want to go, gonna, I don't go so far as call it a, a, a hustle. Yeah. I, don't, I think that, I think that might be a bit extreme. So hard when it comes out. <laughs> Well, it's, it's gonna come. Like, it's oh, gonna it come out. out. It's just gonna be like a ten-year fucking development, and it's. And by the time, it, my concern isn't that it's not gonna come out. It's gonna come out. The problem, the problem that I have with it it's is that by the, the time hype. it comes out, it's not. Well, it's not even that it's not gonna meet the hype. It's that it's that everything that they have in the game as it stands right now is a mind fuck. 
right? If you if you look at all the stuff they're putting in the game and the scope of this game, which is orders of magnitude beyond anything it's that amazing. currently exists, it's, it's amazing. amazing. It looks yep. it looks incredible. It plays well. The con, you know, the conceptually seeing how everything is going to come together will be absolutely nuts. But by the time this thing lands. The question I have is, will it really stand that far head and shoulders above the rest of the crowd to the point where it, uh, you know, makes up for 200 plus million dollars in dev costs and the 10 years it took to make the game? That's my concern. I am positive it's coming out. There's no two ways about it in my mind. It's going to happen. It's just whether or not, not even about the hype, like Pant was saying, just will it even be, will it be above the the waterline you know where we are now because right now it's like i said so far beyond but by the time it comes out will it Not still really, be because so we've far seen beyond no man's sky and stuff like that and that's you know a shit box oh, that in game itself. was garbage but 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 we see we've got glimpses of that right we, we we've we've seen developers take things from star citizen simplify it and get the game out and sell a bajillion copies um, and and I'm right with Adam on this. I also believe the game will be released, but I think that the game, when it gets packaged and it's sent out, um, that the mystique behind it, the wow to it, will be so minimal that people will almost feel ripped off. They're gonna be like, I can't believe uh, I paid as much as I did for this game. This is insane. And by that time, you know, games like Destiny Two and maybe Destiny Three. By the time that happens, maybe they have made such a, a crazy game uh, that it, it becomes similar or even better or plays better than in some parts of Star Citizen. Yeah, I think I, I think that um, you know this and what we're talking about right now in terms of what will happen when it actually hits market is is a big thing and actually why this this topic exists, which is going to feed into a topic we have later on. Um, actually, right after this, we're going to, we're going to segue into it, so it all should work out relatively well, is <laughs> yeah. expectations versus reality with Kickstarted mm-hmm. games. Um, mm-hmm. Some people see games like Mighty Number no. 9, for example, was probably one of the oh highest God, profile that games that, that came in like a fu- just on fire, hit the ground on its back, you know, there was almost nothing left. It hit the ground and just evaporated. Um, but I think, I think in terms of expectations versus reality, some people see Kickstarter. They see the dollar amount. You know, they'll, they'll see $1 million, $2 million, $3 million for a game. And they're like, holy shit, that is a lot of money. And then the majority of those people don't understand that that is not much of a budget these days to work with. You know, even if you had a passion project where you had four people making a freaking game right now, you're not putting a lot of money into a game at two and a half, three million US dollars. That's not a huge game. That is an, that is an above average high-end indie game is what you're getting for three million dollars essentially. But people see, because often the most successful Kickstarters, this is my opinion, people see um, uh, these well-known people, these people that that are household names in a gaming world, you know, they worked on X game uh, or yep. they develop, they were in this development house. Half the yep. time it's, 
you know, the, it's it's so loosely like sometimes it makes me laugh because it's such a loose association. It's like this dude was the water boy for this company for like three weeks, and like <laughs> I'm gonna put this like worked at you know at Rare during this you know these times or whatever. And people see the name, whether it's a developer or a publisher or a game, and they go, wow, I loved that shit. And they automatically think that this game is going to be the greatest thing ever because, yeah, because the people that are involved with it. And then the game comes out and it's a small budget. It's the only reason I signed on for Star Citizen was Chris Roberts. Um, Like he's like the godfather of the space combat genre. Right. Not even free space. Wing Wing Commander. Wing Commander. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah that's the only reason I went in on that. So, like, I completely see that being like a valid side. Let's be um, real. You don't. You buy into the pitch. You're not really buying yes. into the game because there's no game. You're you're gonna watch that two to five minute clip of them selling it. It's like a product, right? I've bought in many. I've kickstarted many different products, not any games, but I've kickstarted some products and stuff like that. Um, and you get behind the video. You know the inspirational music they have. The the nostalgic heartstrings they pull on the person is he funny is he passionate is you know do you believe in this person and you get behind that and i think what a lot of it in terms of expectations is is a lot of the time is they they overpromise and they they make these grandiose um like these, they they bite they off. Get they, get they get excited too. They get excited too, and it's about They're passion. Like, oh my right? god, we pa- can do yeah. this finally. Yeah, and and so you you're like fuck yeah, man. I'm I already wanted to throw money at you, but now you're promising this. I mean, oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me more, give me more. You know, <laughs> instead of the twenty five tier, let me get the hundred dollar one, and I can get a signed copy of this, and it, it's going to be fantastic. And then when you get it, it's like wow, there's a reason why this guy's an indie developer, and he doesn't work at a big, you know, a triple A uh, studio. Yeah, yeah um, I, I, I said I kind yeah. of personally for myself at least I set some very like strict guidelines for if I'm going to kickstart a game and Star Citizen kind of ended up breaking that because they got too successful. Mm-hmm. Um, I only try to like go for like the cult style games that like have niche followings or were really popular at a time, but now big studios aren't picking them up. Like you know, like the old style Baldur's Gate or like old style Neverwinter games. Yeah, those aren't money makers for studios. So, yeah. But those are awesome games. So I'm like, you see, like the developers for those games coming out saying, "Hey, we want to make a game, but we can't really get a publisher." Um, this is what we have in design. And they start showing stuff. I'm like, you know what? I'm totally on board with that. So like, that's why I went with like Divinity and like Pillars of Eternity because they're like spiritual successors to games that were really yeah. good and they're made by the same people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was there's some other ones. Um, what do you call it? Um. And then Harebrain Schemes, they're like another, they do like strategy games and stuff. Um, they don't really get big publishers because they're not huge title games, but like they brought back Shadowrun for like turn based strategy. Um, and they do all their games on Kickstarter, and I've Kickstarted all of their games. And yeah, they're not incredible games, they're like B or C tier games. And they sell themselves as that, and they don't like oversell. They're like, this is the game you're going to get. Here's some footage of what you're getting. And then they more or less deliver on that, and they don't go crazy on like trying to rake in the money. And they're stretch, you know. So I try. I'm like, I'm like, let me see what the stretch goals are. Are they trying to be too crazy, or are they going to stick with like you know this niche area? And they're not like trying to redefine a genre. They're just like, we just want to make a good game in like a genre that we did before, and that's yep. what I stick with. Yeah, and those are great to, yeah. to back up. Yeah, I'm. Re- I'm and that was, that. you know, just before I segue because I, I I just had something else. Panic almost gave me a perfect segue, but I had to drop it for just a second to, <laughs> to, to, to <sighs> which hurt me a little bit inside. But I'm gonna I'm gonna let that one go for a second just to talk briefly about abduction, uh, because it was the first Kickstarter game that I had played where I had to check my expectations. 
uh, at the door after I started playing it. Um, the guys, for those who don't know, so Abduction is a puzzle adventure game made by literally the same guys, because they're brothers, who made Myst and Riven. Uh, which were, until I think The Sims at one point, the highest selling PC franchise of all time. And that's like, we're talking back in the 90s, selling over 5 million copies of a PC game, which some people will understand how crazy of a feat that is, and then others might not. Just believe me when I say that's incredible, especially for a puzzle adventure game just to again this wasn't like a shooter or like a or like a strategy game or anything this is like one of those genres that this day and age originally made for like demonstrating cd player cd roms or something in pcs that's why they did it the way they did or something ridiculous mists mists whole life cycle is crazy and it's been ported to literally everything right so anyway the when when this came out i didn't even know otherwise i would have kickstarted it but i started playing it and after about the first four hours, I realized, I said, it was the first time I realized, sat down, and I said, you know, even for a game like this, you they only have so much to work with, and even if it's it, people with a high amount, you know, huge pedigree coming in, you have to check your expectations at the door. And this is for a game that I consider to be fantastic. Abduction is awesome. Could it have been better? Sure. It would have taken them, the key thing here is it would have taken them more money, which you don't always get. Um, there, you know, abduction needed things. I did a review for it. If you wanted to, uh, my full thoughts on it, you know, I've I've done a video <laughs> review for it. But yeah, let's the, not do a review. <laughs> no, I'm not going to review it. But like, so because I've already done that. But they, um, but I had to check that at the door. This is guys who even came back afterwards and have added HTC Vive support. You know, VR everything. The game is great, but it's not. It's not something that if you stack up against Mr. Riven, you're going to immediately go, yeah, okay, this hangs out with Mist and Riven. It's an extraordinary puzzle adventure, but it's, it doesn't quite do that. Uh, and this, I think, is what happened with a lot of people with, here's the segue, as Panic was just, uh, you know, with his whole thing, ukulele which is the most recent one to fall victim to what I believe is expectations versus reality in Kickstarter. Uh, Ukulele is made by the guys who did Banjo-Kazooie, which I, th- I think we've all, at some point when we were talking about um, games, at some point we've, we've talked about how Banjo-Kazooie we all think Top is really list. fucking good. <laughs> exactly. Banjo's, Banjo-Kazooie, one of the greatest 3D platformers of all time, uh, incredibly funny, uh, everything was awesome about Banjo Kazooie. Very little about it was was something you could complain about. So people were were you know excited when these guys came out and said, "Hey, we don't have the rights to Banjo Kazooie." Tough shit. Microsoft owns Rare, and they buried them eighty seven feet in the ground years ago. But we're still here, and we would love to be able to recreate Banjo Kazooie in you know the new millennium. We would like to take that and give you guys some nostalgia and, and, and just paint it something that's not Banjo-Kazooie. Literally the same thing, except painted a different shade. And a lot of people were like, yeah, I'm totally down for that. That's awesome. They, everybody kickstarted this thing. It comes out to a lot of hype going into this. Publications were, you know, Banjo-Kazooie, rare this, rare that. Oh my goodness. It comes out 
and reviews are everywhere. You've got Jimquisition giving so this confused. bad boy a, a two. You've got other publications giving it a nine. Again, like, and and they're not like no name, you know, reviewers. These these are all you know reputable people that are all over the map. Like the the chart for it's crazy. So the question then became, well, you know. Is it a good game or is it a shit game? <laughs> Nobody knew what to think. What happened? What happened here? Um, so, Panic, did you get... I know Jeff I know Jeff didn't play ukulele. Um, uh, I, know I haven't bought it myself, it. but I spent, I spent a couple of hours at a friend's place and I tried it out. Um, mm-hmm. It was, I mean, from a game... I'll, I'll let you go into it more because you played it more. But from my perspective, yeah. um, I felt like they stayed too retro in some areas, but... In terms of like the controls and like the gameplay, it was good, but some of the actual content in the game was kind of poorly, like poorly executed. So mm-hmm. like I had I had a blast with running around the controls. The camera was actually not bad; it, it played out well mm-hmm. for like a, as a as a baseline platformer. Solid game, I enjoyed it. But like some of the content, I was like, yeah, the game's funny, but you know, like the one boss I played, it was really didn't wasn't enjoyable. Yeah. So like I feel like it was more of a I think game design wise it was fine but content design wise it was kind of a miss. Um, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm, technology mm-hmm. wise it looked great and it played, you know, beautiful but like seriously it's 2017. I think you could have done a bit more with the sounds. I know you were trying to be like nostalgic mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that one to me it was just like I'm like this is getting really grating. That was the, that was the biggest nowadays. thing for me. I was watching Adam play and I was like wow, you know, my nostalgia mm-hmm. is just going crazy. It looks it looks fantastic. Music looks, was amazing it looks too. Fun music is great. Uh, it's definitely got a good feel, but man, oh man, the voice acting or no voice acting, all these, all those noises, whether you can turn yep. it off or on, it is absolutely. Yep. I like. I don't know what the fuck they were smoking over there when they decided to do that. If they, if their excuse was we wanted to keep it like banjo they could have at least had one or two characters that were frequent that did that or made nods to those things in certain areas but the entire game and every character making these weird mumbling noises it was absolutely atrocious the game would never get my money for that specific reason um and if it i never played it i know adam did like a hundred percent playthrough of this thing so he'd be the (laughs) you know i'm sure he's gonna have a review out on it and i'll definitely listen to it when it comes out but just by looking at it like if there was no sound i'd be sold on this thing like if i like if if i just watched the trailer and there's it was just music in the background and nobody was talking i'd be like oh my god give me this take and it's like what 40 bucks take my money please Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna get my fun out of it but as soon as i heard those characters nonstop, uh it was just beyond annoying and the thing is and before i ship it over adam i'm sure he's got more to say uh, they made a lot of money off this Kickstarter. I mean, they had oh yeah, like uh, over a million, a million. They could have yeah, two million. almost. It was it was two. It was like a little. It was I think because they were in pounds two or something. So I think it's close two to three. Pounds. Yeah. So I think it's close yeah. to three million. No, US two million pounds something. would be almost wanted, three point eight. Want, almost. Yeah, they wanted one hundred and seventy five thousand no, pounds. This is, is post Brexit. Remember. The the yeah. pound is not what it used to be. It down, yeah, it's down. Uh. But I mean, even still, <laughs> even still, you know, I find I find what a lot of these kickstarters are doing, especially guys like this, and the reason why the expectations were high, and someone like Jim gave it a really bad score, is because listen, if you're the developers from Banjo, 
a phenomenal game if you come from there and then you package this like banjo and you say and I mean even the logo is <laughs> is the game I mean every they the, sold it's, banjo pretty much yeah they, it, it's, they, it's, they they ran it up as close as they could get without getting sued, without getting like sued. They, they ran yeah. that all oh, the yeah. way up yeah so when when you do that you're creating these expectations right it's it's like the no man's sky thing where you where you start creating these expectations not obviously that intense and pure lies but we're talking you're packaging this and you're comparing it to to banjo and it looks exactly like it it looks beautiful and yet you won't you won't go above and beyond a simple things like voice acting and stuff like that listen i'm all for uh you know backing games and all these guys that are, and gals that are backing games but it gets to the point where they go well you know we've got 3 million dollars for this game it's like well man if you believe in your game and you guys come from very successful studios start putting up some of your own goddamn money there should be some matching here like just because you got a big amount of money, they go, well, well, we don't have to take any risk. And it becomes this thing where, hey, we've got the funds. Let's use what we got and let's not take any risk and let's reap all the benefits. So if the game doesn't sell the way it is or it doesn't get reviewed the way you want it, don't don't blame that on us for expectations. You guys sold this game to us and then you decided to, to skimp out if they would have done things and added some more money. It's not even just this game. We're talking just. Kickstarter in general, um, you know, e- even things like Abduction, which I thought was amazing, and I actually liked it more than than Riven. Um, but it, it's, what, it's did you it's, play Riven? Yeah, of course. I beat Mist and I beat Riven. <laughs> okay, um, I, I own both. All Adam, I beat okay. them both. I was twice. I was going to say because it's like Riven. I'm just I'm just biased because <laughs> Riven I think is the greatest puzzle adventure of all time. Just hashtag that. Yeah, well, I I just enjoyed Abduction more, but even still. You know, games like that, and and when you even said, well, they've only got a million or two million dollars to work with. It's like, well, where's your money? You know, do, are we put are we just thousand in for voice acting? Or yeah, I mean, are we just forking the bill for everything, and then you're just going to put it in and, and and cheap your way? I mean, if you believe in your game, if you're as passionate as you say you are in this video, and you come from big developer, like a big a big studio where you've made millions of dollars off these games. Uh, or or you've been a proven concept that you can make amazing titles, then believe in yourself and start putting some money up. It's like going to an investor and saying, hey, I've got this great idea, I've got this great product, but I'm not willing to go and take a loan. I'm not willing to remortgage my house. I'm not willing to do anything it takes to show you I'm as in this as you are as a consumer since you're going to back it up. And then when you give a half-ass job or even you go three quarters of the way when it could have been something amazing or great and you just kind of skimp out, that's on you. I'm sorry. That's on you. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, I actually I mean, 100% agree with Jeff there, especially for Yuka. Yeah. Yeah. There are some Kickstarter games that I don't think that applies to because not everybody is big balling enough to actually just put 100K in to back their game and, and go with it. Some people do. I've seen people remortgage their fucking home to do it, and then oh, the yeah. game bombs and they're fucked. So I can I can appreciate it's wanting a dream. to... Yeah, it's called taking a risk. Yeah, yeah. well, that that's great. Some people's idea of following a dream is getting into the NBA, and they realize they're really fucking well, shit for, at basketball, and they chase it and chase it and chase it until they get to work no McDonald's. Bus- then you have no had, business... 
You have well, no business you could, doing. You, you have no business taking my did. money, right? You have no business. They went in. Money. They actually before they even went on Kickstarter, they had the game in development. Like what they demoed for yeah, the Kickstarter was actually functional. So like they had already put in time, effort, and money, and they're like, "This is the proof of concept game. We have a lot of the stuff, and they had a lot of the gameplay like mechanics already done." And they're like, "Are you guys interested in kind of seeing this game? If not, we'll move on to something else. If so, we'll finish this." So like I, I have I have props for them for at least going that route. They they had. Mm-hmm. They had gone, they went it alone for a while, and then they're like, all right, to finish this, we do need to get money from outside people. Yeah, I, but, you know, when when the game came out, ultimately, to try and bring it back to the whole, you know, because there's a lot of people still looking at it going, well, is this a good game or not? Like, every time I would stream the game, half of the comments were, hey, hey, is this good? People were coming in that have never been in my stream before, spent five seconds in my stream to ask that one question, and then, like, fucking bounced. So there's a, a huge amount of confusion, and for right, you know, rightfully so, because of all the, the varying reviews, more so than most games I've seen in a long time. My answer every time somebody came in, or my explanation for why the game is is bouncing all over the place is that is, is it is an expectation versus reality. I think when people heard this is a 2017 Banjo-Kazooie, despite the fact that along every step of the way, these guys were making it very clear that this was going to be a retro recreation. There was no... There was nothing ever that hinted at ukulele being some genre-expanding platformer ever at any point in time they never hinted at it they never had any like you know weird trailers like uh, like um uh, they delivered on that though yeah no that's what i mean so that's where i'm going with this right so um you know it, it it's not that they didn't deliver exactly what they said it's that people despite the fact that they delivered exactly what they said still said, why isn't it this? And then reviewed the game based on those expectations. I I feel like a lot of people, it's fine if you give the game a low score. That's cool. That's whatever. I didn't, I'm not going to give this game a crazy fucking score. That's that's not going to happen because it has its problems. But nothing about the score really is being influenced by the fact that the game doesn't have a whole bunch of modern everyday comforts that a game provides because when they made the game platformers though well that's the other thing right when it comes down to just the platforming part this game is fantastic it plays remarkably well the bosses are all terrible all shit show boss is the worst part of this entire game every boss every boss no the designs were fun the comedy was great but the boss battles were complete and utter asshole there's just a whole all of them shit but the raw platforming and collection bleach or of items, which is oh, 100% unbleached, hairy braided. It's just all of it bad. So, yeah, it's nasty. So, so <laughs> you know, the part that was Banjo-Kazooie for me, which is a collection fest, that's what Banjo-Kazooie was. You went and you collected 100 different items, and there was 1,000 of them in each level. And the whole point of the game, aside from the fact that it had bosses, was let's go collect all the things forever, right? That part of ukulele... 10 out of 10. Fantastic. Platforming's fun. The different movesets are great. They even give you different reasons to go and collect things because they reward you for basically every collectible in the game has a reward attached to it 
every time you collect so many of them. So it's even gone a little bit further than, you know, than it was before. But people were expecting new age wonder in in this game and they didn't get it and a lot of those reviews if you read them come down to this feels like it's 1997 all over again bad but bad but 1997 bad but bad i wanted this i wanted that why is it when i die that i get sent to the beginning of the level or the last door that i exited why can't it just have checkpoints like all this nonsense the biggest complaint about the voices i'm on board with it's it's too much back in the 90s we didn't even get that many voices that were like that like it was it was too many like even the banjo didn't have that many so if you wanted to nod to it just give yuka and laylee the like retro 97 voices and then voice act all the others like you know loosely because there's a a bunch of characters yeah just get those voice acted but you still get the nostalgia factor from like ukulele it was just like i'm like guys this is way too many of these noises especially with what we're used to nowadays yeah any more very sound design I would have been cool if they stuck to the level that Banjo had, which was more yeah. more silence, and then the <laughs> odd, you know, cutscenes and stuff had more of that stuff that were, you know, happened. But you weren't hearing it so much; it was crazy. But yeah, the I, I think that's what it ultimately is, and so that's why I wanted to talk about the Kickstarter thing with expectations versus reality. Is I think the case for ukulele is people, despite the fact they were told exactly what was fucking coming they still managed to put their expectations in a totally different place. And then, and that's not just the consumers, that's the reviewers. And then they come out and they pull a gymquisition. They pull a gymquisition and they shit all up and down the slide. The whole fucking thing, the whole game becomes garbage because of the expectations not being, uh, not being met. Um, but yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, after a 20 minute, behind we are still kind of on time right now as far as the restart which is impressive so i'm going to say 10 out of 10 boys well done we've done it we've made it to the halfway point we're going to uh, transition ourselves into a totally expected sellout uh and then we will be back with uh, a loaded second half that includes talking about the super nintendo classic slash mini which nobody saw that coming slash sarcasm um and the big one that's going to be kind of fun to talk about is uh the germany broadcasting license stuff that just cropped up uh as well as the twitch changes that happened this week uh and then jeff's going to go on a mean spring summer movie lineup talk that i don't even know what movies are coming so i'm going to get all my info from mr black all that's coming up after these fine messages uh, from yours truly, the sellout is real. Ladies and gentlemen, we Patreon, will be right Patreon, back. Patreon, 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 Patreon iTunes, ratings. iTunes. Five-star ratings, five-star ratings. <laughs> we'll be right back in a couple of minutes. Love you. Hey, guys, if you're enjoying Technical Alpha and are interested in supporting us, do I have a solution for you? We've set up a Patreon page to help us help you help us and you. We've got a list of options that would make a used car salesman cry that provide you with a range of goodies for your support. Head on over to patreon.com slash technicalalpha to see what's up for grabs. Do you like badges and stuff? Subscribe to us on Twitch TV to get, well, badges and stuff. Technical Alpha is live-streamed every Friday at 8pm Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash technicalalpha, so if you're in the neighborhood, be sure to stop by. Listening to us on iTunes, Google Play Music, or another podcast app? 
If you're having a good time, be sure to give us a thumbs up. It's a simple thing, but it goes a long way in helping us reach more people. And really, more people should be able to judge us feverishly. It's only fair. Honestly though, while we like to joke about the cello, just being a regular listener is a huge help, and we're incredibly thankful for all of your support. Technical Alpha will continue soon, so sit tight. Oh boy, we are back, ladies and gentlemen, back from break and back with more Technical Alpha. Get my water. I'm ready to dilute the salt as we move into what, for some people in this industry, is going to be an extraordinarily salty time. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I, 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 I tried to... Like, when I first, when I first read about this... Um, and we're going to talk about, uh, uh, about that, you know, after we, we cover something else, but man, that German broadcasting thing. Mm. It's rough. It's rough. For those who don't know, uh, now in Germany, uh, no, let's, let's, is... let's save it. Let's save it. Let's save it. We're rolling that one in later. We got to talk about something else first. Okay. We can talk about something All right. else first. Yeah. The next, the, next save the, the first one will be quick. First one's first one's quick, and we'll roll right into into that because uh, there's not too much to talk about here. Uh, I don't think the pre but, but we do want to cover it. Yeah, we we do. My, it's still a little it's a little salty, but but not the same kind of salt. This is like pink Himalayan we, we, salt. We, we that you get the fancy this. shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go straight to the is. rock salt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then we just straight straight to rock salt. Uh, so the the we all talked about this last week. Uh, where the Nintendo Classic, or the Nintendo Mini, as people are also calling it, um, got discontinued. Uh, it's They're pulling it off the market, uh, despite demand being basically through the roof for the last nine months straight. Uh, Take the, my you money. Know, just the inflated rate of sale on eBay and whatnot, it's going for like four times its value, like 240 250 bucks. I saw one for four hundred dollars at some point. Yeah, I saw one for like four twenty uh, or four thirty. Yeah. Um, so uh, hot on the heels of this, and not to be you know shocked by, and we should also say this is not confirmed to my knowledge at at the point of us recording this. Um, but I would be mind blown if it if it doesn't get confirmed here at the latest by E three. Is that the uh, SNES I, I, I do Classic? Believe, I do believe it is confirmed. Are we sure? Because I've seen nothing but rumor, 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 rumor. Yeah, I've just seen rumor, rumors, and like speculation. It's it's. I coming. mean, Put it that way. it's a nine. It's it's a ninety nine percent chance of happening. Yeah. This is Nintendo this didn't like, flat out come out and say, "Hey, this is happening," but it's. Oh, happening. I'm pre ordering it if it's coming out. Because <laughs> I want to make sure I get one this time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's uh, so it's this. It's the same deal. We don't. We you know. It's a rumor that's coming out. We don't know. There's not even rumors. I don't think of what games are going to be coming out for it. You know that they're going to all be likely first party, just like with the NES one was. So some people were already like, "Oh, I hope it has Chrono Trigger." No, that's not going to happen. You're not going to get Chrono Trigger. Um, you know, uh, could you get a Final Fantasy title? Maybe at best, you'll but you're not going to get, get something you'll like get that. Chrono Trigger. Oh yeah, you will. That's not first party. Oh, yeah. They'd have to. It's not going to make it cost effective at all if they're going to license that. It's they're going to get they're going to get Chrono Trigger for sure, guaranteed. Put money on it. I believe they will. <sighs> I'm I'm siding they'll with have, this. Is they'll have the Mega Man's 
Uh, they'll at least have like Mega Man X. Um, they'll have Super Metroid. They'll definitely have the Super Mario World, Super Mario Kart. Um, all the first Trigger party stuff is, I'm fully expecting. Metroids, you know, Mario's, all that stuff. But yeah, you, you <laughs> but you don't need you didn't. I don't. I, I'm almost certain you did. They they don't care. They they've been basically putting out whatever. Um, even on the the NES Mini, um, there was a bunch of games on there that wasn't Nintendo uh, or came you know directly from Nintendo. Um, so I, I I guarantee like one of their big sellers will be will be Chrono Trigger. That's gonna be mm. and Earthbound. Uh, that'll it'll likely be like some really Link to the Past. That would be yep. a good one to put Link on. Link to the Past. Yo, the, Zelda Link was the yeah, Zelda will one hundred percent be on on there for sure. Uh, it, I mean, they have such a library to pull from that oh, it's yes. going to be good. This I, I is going to be no. Uh, this is going to be way more sought after than the NES one was, which is scary because now gonna, if yeah, go ahead. Yeah, if they come out with it, it's going to price is going to be. They're going to be like, oh, we're going to jack the price up on this bad boy. I don't even think they're going to do know. that. I just think I, I just think they're not going to sell. I, don't, I just think they're not going to produce more than four of them at a time. I think it's going to be like the the the, the same they're Nintendo only bullshit. One. You know, it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take it a step further. We're gonna number these. They're like Ferraris. Mm. Who's gonna get number one? Like, it's yeah, just well, when Nintendo's they number it, they policy. jack up the price. Yeah, the, the well, reason, yeah, but the reason, they won't. They won't. The reason why I wanted to bring this up is because while we were speculating, and um, I didn't actually, I didn't see this coming. I'll be honest with you, I didn't see, I didn't see this coming. The Nest made sense, uh, but obviously, since the success of the Nest Mini. Uh, the SNES Mini really makes sense. Um, and the games, there's much better games on the Super Nintendo. Oh yeah, um, oh, yeah. than on the regular Nintendo. I mean, there are some classics on the NES Mini that they that they have on there for sure. Some fucking crazy good games. But I bet you the 30 games that will be on this, 20 of them will be will be playable, like big time playable. You'll get your money's worth with this. They'll probably do a limited uh run with this as well. Um, do I see them doing things like a, like a mini soup, uh, N64? I don't think no. so. I think this is probably it's the show. Soon. I think what, what's going to happen is emulate. a few years oh, down yeah. the road. I think we're going to see the, another version of the NES mini and the SNES mini. Um, and maybe with some different games, uh, maybe with more games. And I think that they're going to do it. I think they're going to, they're going to release these every few years um, and keep the demand high for them. Uh, I like the idea. I'll definitely run out and get a uh, you know Super Nintendo Mini, and I'll try and buy several of them and just hold on to them uh, because guaranteed they're going to stop production on these as well. And the resale value oh, yeah. right now is just was just stupid. But I I, I wanted to bring this up because I I think it's amazing. I I uh, I'm looking forward to it. Super Nintendo is my favorite console of all time. Um, I think. It's going to be amazing. I'll be that guy that'll actually go in a lineup at Best Buy to pick one of these up. I would wait um, for one. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely wait for one. There's not a lot of things that'll get me out in the cold. To uh, well, it'll be summertime, so it won't be bad. But there's not a lot of things that'll get me standing in a line. Uh, I'm, I'm the type of guy that'll pay a premium to have somebody else stand in the line for me. But I'll actually go out and stand in the line for this uh, because I think it's great. I think it's a great idea. Um, and now I'm not Adam as mad at Nintendo because the, the, the main reason I wanted to talk about this as well is because we we're trying to figure out why Nintendo would do something like shelf the 
the Nesmini. It all makes more sense now. It all makes sense now, and I can I can say I agree with them. Stopping production on that, it's going to make it so people are going to really want this even more. Um, it kind of sucks for resale value because people are going to be gouging prices like crazy, but it's no different than trying to get a uh, Switch right now or Anything something like limited, that. Yeah. It makes sense. I love the limitedness to these. Uh, and it makes it feel like you've got something special, even though you're holding a piece of plastic that are playing ROMs. Uh, it, it really adds something to it. So I'm all for this, giving Nintendo so a thumbs up, which I never thought I'd do uh, <laughs> in any time in the near future. So you're going to need like five of them, like three to sell, one to play, and one to keep new in box? And new in box, 100%. Um. I'm excited that uh, I'm excited. I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm excited. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't give a fuck about any of this shit. <laughs> I really don't care because You're dead I can inside. emulate. I can emulate all of these things already. I can play them on my TV. Yeah, it's just... I can upscale them. I can put scan lines on them. I can do a thousand and one things that these boxes will never do. It's through HDMI. It looks better. It runs better. I but can here's buy the a thing, fucking. Adam. Here's You're the thing, the nobody point. gives a fuck of what you can do. Nobody cares. Like, congratulations, dude. You no one wants to put that effort in. You can get ROMs. They just want to plug it in Adam, and play. Adam can sit for four hours and twiddle on with some fucking anti-aliasing and do all these great things. You plug it in you and go. Do, listen, Adam. Listen, congratulations, bro. But there's a <laughs> lot of people out here that like to actually have a console, I don't fiddle with an plug emulator. it into a TV, not sit in front of the computer, not everybody is adverse as you Just are play. when it comes to getting things, no matter how easy it is. This is great for a casual person, somebody that wants to introduce the Super Nintendo, the greatest console of all time, to their child, or hang out with their buddies and plug it into an HDMI and play on a TV and have a good time. This isn't for someone that's jaded like you, that that has already got all the answers in the world and that can do this better than what Nintendo's packaging it for. Finally, they're doing something that is exciting, that is that makes sense, and people are in demand to get. I am way more excited than this than a Nintendo 100% Switch. 100% on board with Jeff here. Uh, this, is, this is amazing. Uh, I'm giving Nintendo its due props. The Super Nintendo Mini is amazing. They got proof of concept with the, with the NES Mini. Uh, people love it. You can modify it. You can do your whole Adam thing to it and add even more games. Uh, it's just oh, great. It's a waste of time. There's no way if you're gonna. I just don't get why people are modding it because you you can build it with a. If you're gonna go out of the, if you're gonna go, you if you're a modder, you yes. If you're a modder, if Look, you're a even modder, if you're think not about talking about the Even if you're not talking to the modder people, like the, you can't tell me that it's actually easier to pull this thing out of the uh, easier than pulling this thing out of the box. Plugging it in and then it's picking the games from menu and playing. No, you have to download the emulators. You have to download the ROMs. You got to set everything up. You got to set up no all your things. At no point did I say but it was easier. Zero at zero enough, times did easier leave my. But lips. even then, it's it's people just want plug and play. They don't want to have to deal with downloading and setting up shit. Like, that's fine. I'm yeah, happy for these better. people. You guys make it look like like you don't me sound saying happy. I don't personally care about it. That I'm suddenly like fuck all you bitches buying this shit. 
get fucked. I think you like, are. Never, never is. No, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is Nintendo suck a dick because there are this many people looking to play them and Nintendo plays the demand game and they just go away and then people want it, but then they end up spending three or four times more money on it. Nintendo doesn't even see that fucking three or four times more money because they're too fucking dense and then they stop production and I would give them more props if they didn't bullshit about why they're stopping the shit. If they said, hey guys, we're going to do some cyclical shit on this and it's going to come back People wouldn't feel pressured to go out and buy this shit in the aftermarket, and then Nintendo wouldn't have to sit there and go, oh, guys, we're sorry, we didn't plan on making this a fucking long-time thing, and these parts are really fucking rare. No, they're not, you stupid fucking liar. They're not rare at all, and when somebody like Jerry Riggs Everything strips apart your fucking Super Nintendo one, and the parts are 99% the same fucking thing, people are gonna go, HA! Gotcha, bitch! Not that it's gonna fucking matter, but that's why I'm not giving them all these props. Why in the hell would you not just run these things both at the same time? They're like, how much did they, how much were they charging for these things? Like $59? Yeah. What was it? Yep. Yep. What the fuck? These are like $10 fucking boxes that they're making and shipping them out, and they can't run both of these things side by side to give the people the plug-and-play fucking nostalgia? I'm happy that this is happening and people are going to get this, and if on a long shot they get Chrono Trigger, that will sell it by itself, or Super Mario World. People will pay $60 just to play Super Mario World on their HD TV again. That's an easy fucking sell. doesn't even have to have four or five other games on it, or however many 50 games you're going to put on it. 30. This is going to be amazing. The thing is, I don't agree, and I hate that they lie, and I think that it's bullshit practices that they're using, and I want them mm. to just leave it out so that more mm. people can experience it. I want more people to have that. Personally, so your problem I is don't the limited care. time frame. Yes, it's stupid, and the fact okay. that they're lying blatantly. It's like mm. Trump level lying. I, it's I'm the, not oh, say I didn't Mark, say that. I love that. I love. I love how hypocritical you are, bro. I just it's how am I hypocritical? This <laughs> Call is me coming out. from do it. This is coming from. I thought the we were doing the Himalayan salt. Now this we're going full This is coming from the same fucking guy that sat there uh-huh. and was on No Man's Sky, dick. And you motherfucker talking about lies and blatant lies, and you sat there and you, you defended lie. these assholes for days and days and days until eventually you submitted. And you started digging real deep, and people were giving you this shit. And you want to talk about now you're mad because Nintendo's lying about. You're going to call me a hypocrite. I'm going to call you for, a straight for knowing hypocrite. for knowing more about No Man's Sky than any of you motherfuckers for the longest mm-hmm. time. And then when mm-hmm. somebody presents me with information, you're going to call me out for having the balls to fucking change my point of view. And then you're going to call me a hypocrite for a totally different fucking subject that is not even in the same fucking realm. So if I nice. had not flipped and said, hey, I still think in the face of all the information that you're presenting me that No Man's Sky is the greatest fucking thing since sliced bread... I would call it cool. Now you can call me a hypocrite. I changed my fucking views because people eventually, all this information came out and was presented to me. I did it live on fucking stream. You can go watch me change my fucking point of view. So there's no hypocritical anything in here. This is me saying that I don't like Nintendo saying we're doing this because it's rare parts. It's not rare parts. You're just doing it for your own stupid Nintendo bullshit like you always do. And then the next console is going to be the same friggin' parts. That is, this is such. This is the one of the longest fucking Grand Canyon leaps for a hypocritical labeling I think I've ever heard in my entire life. Mommy and Daddy, can cool. we stop fighting, that's please? That's fine. That's silly. <laughs> sure. 
I, again, I'd be cool if you call me a hypocrite if I hadn't changed my mind. But I changed my mind. I did it live, and it's all on video, so I can't you even change, fuck with it. You changed your mind when you got backed up into a corner and people were just constantly disagreeing with you. And for days I, I and for days and days. What, am I rocking a hard for, place here? If I don't change it, I'm an asshole. But if I change it, I'm an asshole no. anyway because I was backed into a corner? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's pretty hypocritical from where you were before in terms of <laughs> lies when they were right in front of you and you refused to acknowledge it. Until you got your, until you got your throat shit down, and uh, you know, and then eventually you're like, fine, all right, guys. There was no get, throat right, shitting guys, down. There was one of the most in-depth fucking Reddit threads that was like some Sherlock Holmes oh, level shit that took months going to Reddit, of boys. premeditated and and post-meditated shit that wrote an encyclopedia Britannica that I went through point for point. This is. Months after it came out. This is not me getting shit down my throat. This is somebody piecing together shit like it was their job. They never even got fucking like paid days. to do that shit. To post that shit and for me to go through it for stuff that I didn't even know existed because here's the trick. Barely anybody knew because this motherfucker spent half his fucking known adult life looking it up and figuring it out and connecting the dots like he on, was some psychopath was in the back of a U-Haul with one of those maps where he's got strings attached to like fucking Pamela Anderson and like fucking Brad Pitt making connect the dots in the background and then put it on the internet. Then I said, yeah, you know what? Pamela Anderson. I was there. I was there on the stream. I was on that whole stream. Would, yep. They would make a good, a good couple. I, I agree with that. They would totally, should totally get together. <laughs> That's the silliest thing I've ever I don't even know what kind of salt this is. I have no idea what kind of salt this is. That's just silly. Anyway, I think the I think the Super Nintendo, I think the I think it's great. You obviously don't. <laughs> I'm uh, on board with I it. Just I'm said, usually, I just said I think it's great. I'm usually on you. I'm usually on <laughs> you for uh you, what, you think the Super Nintendo thing is great now? I just said that I think it's great. I just said I don't think, I just don't care about it myself, and I'm not happy with how Nintendo is, is framing the stoppage of the NES. Okay. <laughs> I feel like you said, I feel like you said t two different things, and, you know. I said I don't give a fuck. Okay. Okay. Which does not mean I don't think it's great. That just means personally I don't give a fuck. Well, you you basically went through all of like the different things on on why why they can't do two of the things together and why it's a piece of shit and how it's only worth five dollars and and all these other things. Which and were how reasons you can do it for better, why I don't understand why they're not putting it's it out. Not good, but now you're you're just saying it's good. I'm not. So, I, I mean, I can't win. I, I, can do it I better. can't win this argument regardless because you're saying both sides of the spectrum. You know. Oh my god. You're you're, you're calling irony? it a piece of shit, but you're saying it's good. This irony is so fucking thick. You could cut it with a fucking doorstop. Like that fucking infomercial gift that everybody just is a person cutting bread with a doorstop. That's how fucking ridiculous this conversation has gotten. Holy <laughs> sweet mother of God. Shall anyway, anyway, it's all recorded now 16 ways. People can take their sides on that one. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Germany, we can all agree on this one. This is some bullshit. And if we don't all agree this is some bullshit, then I seriously... I have some questions for you, gentlemen. Uh, the full headline, I think Jeff actually has in the, the notes for this podcast somewhere that involves German words that I can't pronounce and I don't think anybody else in here can pronounce either. But the long short of it is the German government uh, decided that at some point live streaming should fall under broadcasting uh, like TV and I guess radio syndication and all this stuff. 
excuse me, and and so they said, hey, uh, there's a good shot. We're going to see if we can push this through, or did it go through already? Is it 100% through, or is this like still being voted on somewhere? I, I think it, I think it's already in effect. It was like effective immediately. <laughs> did Hitbox just lose like oh, it's 50% actually of its <laughs> of its streamers because of it? I'm almost but regardless, it's, it's whether whether it's all the way through or it's or it's on its way, uh, the long short of it is uh, because they want to label it broadcasting. It's uh, they want to slap a licensing fee on uh, for everybody that's that's doing that in in a job capacity. So I guess if you you become a partner, as soon as you have a dollar come through the door. The German government wants between one and ten thousand euro, depending on the size of your audience. I believe is how they're scaling it, uh, and that's crazy. <laughs> that's that's absolutely insane. I'm, I agree. I, I I agree and disagree. Um, yeah, it the the numbers that they're slapping on it is ridiculous, especially for the kind of industry it is. Um, I feel like they need to be more flexible on it. Um, them classifying it as broadcasting, it technically is broadcasting um and if they want to regulate it that way that's completely on germany for doing it that way but i feel like they need to be more intelligent about it on notably pricing like the thousand dollars for broadcasting on twitch because someone paid you is ridiculous and like that's just that's the lowest level and like the more viewers you have the more expensive it gets and i looked at some of those prices and i'm like damn that's like that's gonna just shut down everyone and i'm like that's not what they want hopefully but you know Again, legally, I agree if they want to do it, that's fine, but they really need to be smarter about how they implement it, especially with the cost. They can't just, like, lump it into, like, another media. No. I don't the, think there should uh, be any cost at all. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I partially agree with Panic that there's a there's got to be a line somewhere because it's very can, it would be very difficult. It. Yeah, like, it's very difficult for... It would be very difficult, I should say, for somebody, let's say, who does who does local television or not even local because local is usually done totally differently. Let's just say you're, you're on television in general, but you're not on the biggest channel known to man. You're on channel like 746, some random, you know, really specific used to be about world war. Now you're about aliens, like whatever. One of those, uh, channels history, I think is what I'm probably going for on that one. <laughs> but, uh, let's say you're on, you're, you know, you're doing anything and you have a small show on there. Uh, you know, it's something that, that gets, let's say a uh, hundred hundred and twenty five thousand people watching it uh every time the show comes on tv uh and you're you know you have production costs and everything else as, as it's going on you're paying into this same kind of thing for a hundred and twenty five thousand people watching your show there are streamers that put a hundred and twenty five thousand in the drain easy on a weekly they basis just dumpster it just dumpster that number so you know, it it will at some point the guys that are on on you know the uh, traditional media as you would want to call it the stuff that you know has been around forever and ever and ever are going to want to look at that and say, well, if these guys are getting away with it and they're making all this money and they've got more, way more like orders of magnitude in some cases more viewership than we do, and we're paying this money, why aren't they doing it? I can see why that would become a problem. But to have, that's why I think where it starts is a very important line. You know, when that cuts in, if this is going to exist at all, you know, where do they draw the entry line? Is it the first dollar that comes through the door? Um, you know, do you have to be a partner? Does it count that, you know, people are 
sending in donations and you're making money that way, does that count towards it? Do we do it on viewership? Do we do it on income? Uh, do we do a percentage? Do we do a flat, a flat fee? I think, I think this is going to be a, become a problem in more places than just Germany. Germany's catching huge flack for the fact that they're doing it, but it's probably going to turn up in other countries anyway. Um, and it doesn't surprise me that it's in a it's, European country to start with. But yeah, I think well, it's I think one of the governmental issues. It. So, I mean, it, yeah, it's one of the it's one of the big things. Like, you know, we're we're from the internet age. We do all this stuff. We move a lot quicker, and it's kind of a leap before you look type of situation. Um, so mm. a lot of like the newer industry, they kind of just come in and they, they they build a space. Uber's doing it. All like the gig economy stuff is doing it nowadays. And governments and laws move a lot slower. Um, they're oh, they're trying to they, like. Yeah, exactly. So you have all of these like broadcast and radio laws and Twitch and all these others, unfortunately, yeah, technically falls under it. And honestly, yeah, it really sucks for Germany. Um, you know, but they're they're enforcing their laws, but I feel like they're kind of pushing the enforcement for the fact that again, I'm I'm optimistic here. I'm I feel like they're pushing it so that they can actually get the laws updated and changed and actually by putting it forth where yeah, we're enforcing the laws, they force the discussion to happen and then they force criteria to be defined because one you know, and it's good for everyone in the long run. In the near term, this absolutely mm. fucking sucks. But in the long run, now if you look at it, if Twitch is now this thing that you need a license um, and you do all that stuff, yeah, fine, they work it out in the details. But then it becomes a more mainline and more mainstream thing. A lot more people can eventually get into it if they if they cri- if they put criteria around it. You know, for how do you define you know, when you have to get a license, how do you define all these other things? Like if you're making a million dollars in Germany from streaming and all this stuff, yeah, you kind of do have to pay back into the society that's allowing you to do that. that that's my taxes. personal belief. You pay your fucking taxes. Yeah, but but how like hard is else. it to pay your taxes? How hard is it to pay your taxes reliably? Like, have you not seen Twitter with everyone talking about, oh, I paid my taxes this way. Oh, I kind of screwed up. I have no idea what I'm doing for well, my taxes. Well, you, know? you, and, you shouldn't, and, you shouldn't, and you shouldn't, you shouldn't that usually means... You shouldn't that penalize you underpay. The st- other streamers for that. I mean, you know, I pay my taxes. You shouldn't, but that's I, how I the government pay, sees it. Like I pay they a see ridiculous a amount of taxes, and I pay my taxes so on time. <laughs> the last thing that I want to do is pay uh, $10,000 for a, for a broadcasting but uh, what license. you're paying is not what other people might end up paying. Other people might end up lowballing or screwing up by, you know, by having this stuff be kind of defined and codified. It makes it so that everyone should know and they can be like, oh, yeah, no, it's not a gray area. They're moving from being a gray area to being like, no, this is what it is. Again, sucks short term, sucks even midterm. Longer term, I think it'll be a good thing. Maybe not specifically in Germany if they, you know, require the licensing. But by at least saying, oh, well, we kind of have to enforce it now, they're forcing the discussion to be like, how do we classify this? We need to talk about it. Yeah, uh, it is difficult. Like, like especially for us because we're in it, so it's harder to look at it like not biased, right? You want you, you don't want yeah. your money touched. If you're already in this and you're doing it, you're not paying a damn thing, you know, in terms of of keeping your production going, and you're just paying your don't personal or business income tax. Then you you know you're you're gonna be you're going to be against it like nine times out of 10. Um, and obviously I wouldn't want to see it happen uh, either. There's a, this is, this is just part of the greater movement or the clashing of new age media and traditional media where the two of them are trying to find some sort of merging point where TV is becoming more on demand to meet the, the relevancy of, of internet always on demand. And, and the internet is trying 
or or you know trying to meet with kind of almost syndicated TV where where now they're trying to take internet stuff and get it onto traditional media and everybody's trying to share it but when the two collide and there's such a a a gap in in regulation between the two like here in Canada for example the government in most countries probably uh, I would imagine uh, has a pretty big hand in broadcast television they they have a stake in that and it's part of the problem um like the CRTC is halfway up of some of the networks here in Canada's ass like it's just and they and they control it for for that very reason um so there's there's going to be there's going to be a lot of clashing and this is definitely one of those steps I think and it and it shows I think it shows how much of a threat if you wanted to call it a threat the live streaming community has now become to traditional media where for the first five years of its inception it wasn't necessarily something that was looked at now we're getting esports that are that are more and more showing up on uh, on tv more people know about it more people are watching it the numbers keep going up the dollar amounts keep going up the old white guys that control traditional media now want to get their hands involved in it and every time they touch it They've got to turn it into the shit from 40, 50 years ago because it's all they know and it's how they've made their hundreds of millions of fucking dollars. And then you're, you've got the 30-somethings fighting with the 70-somethings and they're trying to fucking come together <laughs> and you get these weird, awkward moments. And like Panic said, unfortunately for traditional media and stuff like this, these pace in which legislation moves is terrible. I mean, all legislation moves pretty damn slow, but when it comes to stuff like this, it's just like a snail's pace. We're going to be 50. Shit's going to be passing through the system <laughs> that should have passed in, in, you know, two years. It wasn't a snail's pace like the, for Germany. The shit is done. They're paying for it. It doesn't matter. They've been talking uh, about it before. What's, what's going on? But they, it, it, they, they announced it once it passed. But like, again, this, the I haven't, heard about, this this. Is like, I haven't a, heard about this before. It didn't I, make I, the did. media until they actually passed it. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Like, well, I mean, well, I mean this like, is a, honestly, this is... who actually listens to? Oh, they're talking about certain laws, other than in like the U.S. Most people don't. It's like who <laughs> listens to CPAC on a daily basis? Who turns that yeah. on for shits and giggles the, and listens like, to what's going like, on? Yeah. The current analog, like I would say to this, is like when Amazon came around. It's like you know, once you start buying stuff online, how do you pay local local sales tax, or do you pay local sales tax, or do you even pay statewide sales tax because it's coming from some Amazon place somewhere else? Now, you know, it took them years to figure that out, and they're still kind of figuring it out. I, I just, but, I can't you know, agree with idea, this. I, I can't agree with this at all. I think it's horrible. I think it's going to ax out a lot of great talent that's coming up, people that just legitimately can't afford these ridiculous prices, and even if totally it agree. only costs, even if it only costs oh, yeah. $100 or $300 a year, it's fucking stupid. It's discouraging. People don't know how to get a license. People don't fucking care to get a license. You just want to turn on and play a video game. Why does this have to become uh, more than just that? I understand the, 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 the reasoning behind it. And the only reasoning that I can really see is they want a piece of your money. They want to charge you. They want, the government wants to make they always more money want a piece there. of your money. And of but course they're, they do. they're, they're getting it via taxes. Um, you know, the, 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 they just can't regulate radio or television the same they would some 17-year-old kid in his basement that so happens to have 500 can. followers from ca a clash of clans. It just doesn't make sense. It just It's stupid. Um, I can't get behind it at all. It's, it's rushed. It came out of nowhere. Uh, it's, it's a shock to 
up-and-coming streamers or even established streamers that may only be making $4,000 a year. And now a quarter of it's got to go to the government because you just so happen to have X amount of viewers. Um, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I, I can't I yeah. can't get on board with that uh, at all in any way, shape, or form. Um, that's where I stand I with think- it. Yeah, I I I don't I don't like thing. how it is. Yeah, I don't like how it is right now. Um, in a perfect world, this wouldn't exist at all. But I'm fully. It's just the crappy reality we have to deal with. To yeah, I'm fully prepared to take on the reality that this is probably going to be in more places than just Germany. Um, so it's not necessarily that I I agree with it. I just I just know that it's coming. And I, I'm not agreeing with where it is right now. I think the starting point of when it kicks in is probably going to be the hottest debated topic um, for this uh, this thing. You know, when do we start, you know, taking stuff off the top? Um, and because uh, once it's in, it's it's going to be really hard to get out completely. It's going to be less about getting it out and more about, you know, making modifications to it, which like Panic said before, might be partially good for the traditional media because it's now lumped in with it. So if they change that, it's going to change everything. And if it changes in any direction, it's going to be down. This is never, I, I would, be, it would never go up. It'll, it'll be on a downward trend. But again, for the first people in this, this is fucking terrible. Yeah, it sucks right now. I think, I think what's going to happen, and if it doesn't happen, then it's, it's a huge blow to our entire industry is Twitch is just going to have to fork the bill for all the licenses. That's just the way it is. Well, I I can see it. I mean, they're a massive company. Um, I think for partnered streamers or people with a certain amount of stature, uh, will cover that or that'll come part of your partnered package. Um, I think that's what's going to happen. It's either that or they're going to give a discounted rate. Um, that they'd have to do something because if even get out of like stop even if you got to even if you got to pay a thousand dollars for a streamer and you went to every single streamer on Twitch right now and said you got to pay a thousand dollars or the government's coming after your ass they're going to not stream. It's that simple. I mean, how many streamers there are that are broke and have nothing and made something of themselves? via video games, they don't have $1,000 or $5,000 to give to the government for a license. Twitch, Hitbox, whatever, they're going to have to fork the bill or the company that decides to fork the bill is going to get a massive influx of new users because they're all going to go there and they're going to stream. And I think it's just going to become part of the package. You're going to be a partnered streamer. You're going to have a guaranteed license. If you're not a partnered streamer, then you ought to pay your own license. They should have like uh, an umbrella and, and license under Twitch or something. They have to but I still think we are a very long way away before something like that happens. And I still don't fully agree with it at all. Mm. But It'll I'm be biased, interesting right? to see. I'm, are we, I'm are the we guy, sure? Are I'm we, the guy that does uh, this. And again, just to make sure, are we? this is past. Because I, I asked in the it's beginning. Passed. This is all the way through. I don't know. Yeah. It's past. I just right. read two articles while you guys were talking. Okay. All right. So, yeah, it's it is it is unfortunate. Now, in a in a similar vein, uh, as far as making money in the Twitch world, there have been some changes that have happened this week on Twitch. Uh, in kind of rapid con- you know succession, we've had a couple of things uh, make their way out through partner emails, and it was kind of funny. 
Uh, everybody had a good little giggle at Twitch for originally sending out emails to like 15,000 partners expecting that to never hit social media. Yeah, confidential, guys. It says it in the title. <laughs> As if people weren't going to immediately, somebody was going to go to, to Twitter and, and, and talk about that. So uh, there have been some changes, uh, or not, not necessarily changes, but additions, I, I guess is probably the more appropriate term. Uh, for this coming out from Twitch. The first one that everybody was finding out about was the fact that they're going to expand these subscription services uh, on Twitch from $4.99, now it's going to be uh, $4.99, $9.99, and $24.99, I think was the third tier uh, of the three. Did they come out and say that uh, yet? Probably. Yes. Yeah, those yeah. yeah, they did. Yeah, all of that's out now. So I, I read everything, but I know you weren't allowed to talk about it, and then it got leaked, but a few streamers leaked it, and... Yeah, yeah, no, they're that. That's a that's a thing now. Um, so, leak. yeah, it's a leak. There was not even an NDA. It was just like, just please don't talk about it, guys. It's confidential. Uh, send it. Yeah, this is the silliest thing ever. But they. Um, so yeah, so th- those are going to be options now uh, for streamers. To my knowledge, in in regards to that update. The only things that really change there, other than how much money somebody is giving you, I'm going to assume the cuts are the same, 50-50, 70-30, 80-20, depending on who you are and how big your dick is. Uh, and then uh, for, the, for, for the person giving you that money, the streamer has the ability to like lock certain emotes to those tiers, to my understanding. And I think, personally, that's all I read. I didn't see anything else there. I didn't see custom badges. I didn't see... Uh, I think there's, like, custom badges for sub-tiers. And then um, the big one, do they, did they allow ad separation or not? I don't know if they if they listed that or not. Like, I know the older school partners had, like, they got grandfathered in where ads were suppressed if you had a subscription mm-hmm. button. Mm-hmm. Like, is that I'm something that you can give to your top... Yeah, is that something you can give to, like, your top subscriber tier where they just don't get ads? For the newer guys? Uh, that would be like a nice perk, I would say. Uh, no, I think the only thing that I'm reading here is the exclusive emotes to higher paying subscribers. Yeah, that one was kind of like um, too many pieces and, of flair. And you probably get a different badge, maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then also, when you get like a nine ninety nine, it counts as two subscribers. And if you get a twenty four ninety nine, it counts as six subscribers. So you can get emotes quicker. So if you say yeah. you're a smaller channel... And every like 500 subs you get, you get you unlock can five more emotes. So you know if 50 people on your stream are the six, then you know it counts as like whatever that math is 600 or uh, 300 uh, um, uh, subscribers. So you can get to those those uh, levels. Yeah, much smaller like things. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, perma yeah. unlock, I think. Yeah. So I mean, you know, coming from somebody like me that. Uh, I've never reached 2,000 subs. I've always like hovered between like 1,100 and 1,700. Uh, you know, I I will likely end up getting those five extra emotes uh, because I'm sure there'll be people that will sub uh, for for longer. Um, they changed. They actually changed the scaling for unlocking the emotes as well. Uh, this yeah, week, it's a lot smaller steps. Yeah, so like emotes, you're gonna have a lot more emotes now. I think it's like um, every, it's like yeah, it's like every fifty, you unlock it and it's permanently unlocked. Yeah, and now they're keeping it permanently, which was something that I had, I was actually talking about yep. with with Gabs a few days ago when they when this first got leaked, and I th- I said, well, you know, if they're gonna do something like this, it'd be nice if they permanently unlock stuff because it was always silly 
for streamers who are always hovering around the the you know the, each of the to go get that artwork done brackets. And yeah, like you'd get into the new emotes, you get two more emotes unlocked or whatever, and then you fill those out, and then two months later you drop like five below, uh, and then two emotes get taken away, and that then was the thing? Uh, that was a thing. Yeah, you yeah. lose your emotes. You lose your emotes. Wow. So now, which was always stupid as hell, so now they've got uh, it where it's permanently unlocked. So whenever you go to that next tier and you get it, you hit that new benchmark, you keep that level of emotes no matter what, which I think is a way better system uh, than they had before. As so for what do you as think, for what, what you, think you about it? like, well. I like I like I like conceptually the idea of ha- of giving people more options. I think I'm not the kind of guy that will say always say that you know the more options the better. There is a point where options just too many options just become stupid and you start losing people uh, because you know the product is confusing. Um, you know, as it stands right now, people are doing subscriptions, donations, there's Patreon or Game Wisp, there's Bits, there's Amazon affiliate links, there's buy games through Twitch's Amazon page thing now that they hook up whenever you're playing a game that's in the Amazon store. It just is the never ending list of monetization. There's t-shirts, apparel, uh, peripherals. People have their sponsors that they're pushing shit. It's literally gotten to the point now where there's like bots in chat spewing out an automated message every five Five and a half seconds for a new thing and you uh, earn points you know yeah then there's yeah there's points earning and all this stuff i hate those so bots. there is a, a point where options too many options become a little much um do i think that this is one of those cases i don't think so but but what i need to see from twitch is i need to see um more options for better uh, for for better value at these tiers, there is so zero fucking th- value at yeah. those tiers right now. Is this and I and badges and exactly. Flare. And I would I would hazard a guess that it will be very uncommon for anybody to lock emotes on any subscribers. That would be mm-hmm. dumpster fire waiting to happen. Right? Unless you, you you're a mega, unless that. you're like a megastar on Twitch, you've got so like many emotes, then you just make yeah. like this, you know, prestige. Yeah, like yeah, but it, you make okay, like so, emote uh, or something. But there are things I would like to see, but yeah, go ahead, Jeff. Okay, so here's here's my problem. I'm I'm Mr. I'm Mr. Negative today, but Okay. Here's here's my here's my problem. I love Twitch. I love the company. I love the people that work there. Um they've given me this platform to make a living, and it's phenomenal. Here's my problem with it, and here's my problem with a lot of these things that Twitch has been doing. I think I know where you're going with this. And I can't can't really really complain too much. Well, I'm still going to complain because I can. Um, Even with the bits, you know, I've made a few thousand dollars since I uh, opted into the bits thing. Um, You know, their thing was, you know, people can't refund that. Well, here's the thing. The last 19 people that tried to refund money, they all got fucked. I ended up getting their money. It was like $1,400. One dude donated like $600 in a day. The next day, he tried to get tried to take it all back and say his credit card was stolen, and I won that entire case. So get fucked. So PayPal at this point has been dealing with streamers and stuff for fight. years. They are totally on board with streamers. They're tired of forking bills, dealing with all the nonsense. They are going to take the side of the streamer if you take it up to that level. Every time, they will do it. 
So that that argument is kind of over now. Um, you know, to newer streamers, you know, that may seem like a security thing where they're like, oh, you know, because to some streamers, you know, for me, if I get a $500 donation, that's a, that's amazing. Uh, it's incredible. It's a lot of money. It's super generous. It's super appreciated. But to to a new streamer, somebody that has never gotten a donation before and they receive a $500 donation, their whole life changes, you know. Uh, they're, they're, they're like, this is insane. And then they go and spend the money right away. And then somebody tries to refund the money and then they go, Oh my fuck, I don't have $500 plus the fees to give this back. So, you know, to them, yeah, that may seem like the saving grace because they're not as educated and they haven't been in the business long enough to know they can fight and take it up to those, those fraudulent levels. But where my problem is, is with Twitch. And if somebody at Twitch is listening to this, you know, I, I think they probably know, but I feel as though Twitch chat with us. Well, they can go ahead and I, and I can chat yeah. with them when I'm at the next con or whatever. I feel like they're they're getting into our pockets too much. Um, we give them their cut. Uh, they you know they got bought out by Amazon. I understand it was a big big buyout and they want to make their money back. Um, th- this is all great. Uh, but here's the thing. I think Twitch has realized that streamers are making an insane amount of money via donations. Millions and millions and millions, tens of millions, maybe even hundreds of millions a year if you go through all the donations. I mean, you go on some people's streams. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you go look at my stream. I mean, I've, I've had it's a $10,000. It's, it's, it's hundreds of millions you know, of dollars. It's hundreds of millions I mean, of dollars, qu- right? Without question. You know, uh, I would, I would know, say, on average, donations probably make up 40 to 50% of all income on any given stream. Without donations, you know, I'm not doing this full-time, period. Uh, it's just That's just yeah. the reality of it. Um, and it really sucks when Twitch decides to go, well, you know, we, we don't have enough money. You've got somebody like Summit that's got 20,000 subs, that's reached over 20,000 subs, and if you do the math, you know, even on just Summit alone, Twitch is making a fuck ton of money. And then there's a bunch of other massive streamers and then all of the other ones. I mean, if you even compiled all the medium-sized streamers like me, you know, it's it's an insane amount of money that Twitch is making. And yes, they treat us well. They pay us on time. They Their service is great. Um, they treat their partners very well, very, very well. It's the best company I've ever, you know, worked for. It's like a contract type thing. Um, amazing. I can't say good enough stuff, but I think Twitch, their eyes are getting a little bit too big. And I think they're, they're realizing that they're not making, they're not capitalizing on the amount of money that's out there and they want to take it out of our pockets. And they're, they're doing it in a way that, that is kind of, it's upsetting because they're not adding any value to the money that they're taking from us. If, if their big play was fucking emotes. I mean, Jesus, man, come on. We don't it's need no more cost emotes. to them to add that much They're, extra. It's like it's already tech they have. Listen, it's just adding man, and if, changing if, how they use it. I'm not going to go in here and, and tell you my rates on Twitch, okay? Uh, but yeah. for 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 a standard person, it's fifty fifty split on subs. And if Twitch is going to take fifty percent, totally understand. They have to do the accounting for it. They're giving you a platform, all this other stuff. You can go to cons; they treat you well. Um, that's great. There's value in that. But if you want to make a nine ninety nine and twenty four ninety nine, and you still want to take fifty percent of that, that's ridiculous. That's fucking dumb. You should be taking There's the no two dollars and fifty cents and putting your streamers into a position to succeed. And almost on every article that they make, they're always like, "We're we're making it easier for streamers to do this for a living." 
No, what you're doing is you're making it easier to take money from the streamers because there's many platforms like Patreon, like GameWisp, like any other third-party thing where people can go and support, where they can get the majority of the money, where maybe a, a, a percentage or 2% of it's taken and not 50%. And obviously, since every since you're throwing those little, those little gaudy emotes at everybody, yes, there are people out there that think that that's value. And to most consumers, it's really cool to be able to have exclusive emotes. It's really cool to have a cool little badge by your name because you stand out amongst the crowd. But it sucks for the streamer because you're selling the consumer. You're not selling the streamer. And yes, you can make the argument that you can opt in and opt out. But if you don't opt into these things... People are going to say, well, why can't I do this? You don't get the extra benefits and people are going to go to another streamer and they're going to opt into those things where they can get those extra perks because it's the perks that people want. Obviously, it's no different. We go on Patreon here. We're like, hey, guys. If, if you hit this tier, we're going to do this great thing for you. If you hit this tier, you're going to do this great. It's an incentive for people to go and support you. Most people want to throw money at you. You just got to give them a reason to do it. And Twitch is given a reason for give them people to throw money at them. But the thing is, is it's costing the streamers boatloads of money. If, if I have somebody on my stream that donates me $50 or $25 every month without fail, and there's a ton of those people, but yet now they go and opt into this $24.99 thing because they get cool emotes, and now they're no longer donating me $25, but instead they're opting in, which, listen, it's support. At the end of the day, it's very petty for me to complain about me getting money from my fan base. Listen, I am a, I appreciate that 100%, but to the consumer... They they just think they still think they're helping you and they are, but a lot of them aren't digging that deep into it and they don't realize that we're actually losing 30, 35 percent because that's now going into Twitch's pocket. And there are there are probably some streamers out there that are like, I'm all for Twitch making more money. And so am I. Trust me. So am I. Twitch, please give us a reason to give you 50 percent of twenty four ninety nine. Don't tell us we're getting more emotes. Be more creative. It's as lazy as a MOBA saying, here are some crates. Open them up. Do something creative. Give people a reason to subscribe to this. Give a streamer a reason to do this. Give an incentive. Start promoting smaller streams. Do I don't know what you need to do. But do something different than this, please, because you're robbing the streamers of their money without giving them added content or some kind of benefit from doing this for you. That's where that's I'm at, where and that's why it upsets me a little bit. Piss me off. Like again, I'm the consumer. You guys are the content creators. I'm now recently a content creator, but I'm on I'm the consumer side. So for me, if I hypothetically want to give Jeff or Adam two hundred and fifty dollars, right? Back in the day, I'd go to PayPal. Send two hundred fifty dollars, and that you guys you guys get like ninety seven percent of it, plus or minus yep. the eighty percent you lose from the Canadian peso or whatever. Um, now, if I want to give you guys two hundred and fifty dollars, if I want to do that through bits, that's three hundred and eight dollars with the highest level discount they give. And for me, I looked at that and I'm like, yeah, I know Twitch provides some value, but honestly, what entitles you to nineteen percent of that support? Uh, yeah, I understand I can do it through Amazon Pay, but even then, it's like. I, I very rarely give bits out. I'm, I, I personally hate the system. I waited so long to opt into the bits, and I did it because it started to become a standard. It started to become a standard, and 
And it bugs is, me because it's all gamified on the stream. Like, you have these that, things flying around. I'm like, I want to watch people play games. And here's the thing. Personality. If you do, I don't want to see gaming things like flying around on the screen. Here's the reality. All right. And here's the big secret, guys. If you don't have those things, you don't, you don't get money. don't make money at all. Right. At all. You know, if, if we we're on this podcast right now and we had dings and bells and whistles going off, we'd make a lot more money. It's just that simple because there's there it's part of the experience. People get to drop a John Cena and they get to have my reaction and the chat's reaction and there's value in that. But when it's just the bits and things are twinkling well, we down and it looks the same every here. time, that's just the way it is. And that's why I fought it for so long and eventually I just yeah. I I because I, I didn't think that the bits thing was gonna was was gonna stay. I was like this this is just dumb. This the is consumer side a thing, money yeah. grab, but it became part of the norm. So I opted in. And of course I'm reaping the benefits of that, but let's be real. Uh, the real one who's reaping the benefits is Twitch. And, and of course there's the consumer thing. Uh, I, I also get it. There are people that like the badges and I will say that it is cool to see somebody in your chat with a red badge that has given you a hundred dollars worth of bits. You know, that is cool. And I think that that's kind of where I would draw the line. But now since we're, if Twitch came out and said, guys, we're really in this for the streamers. And we got a $9.99 and Drop a $24.99. We're still only going to charge you the $2.50 a sub. You guys are getting all the extra because we want to make it more accessible for you to make more money and safer for you to make more money. And that's the show. I would be like, just like, just like Twitch Prime, which is amazing. They knocked it out of the park on that. Absolutely amazing. Fucking gods. Just gods. Twitch Prime is well executed. Beautifully. Beautifully, they did that right. But if they came out and said same rate, you get all of the extra money. So out of the twenty five bucks, only two fifty of it's going to us because you know obviously you got to pay us. Okay, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, even a little bit more, four or five bucks. You know, it. it, But they're going to fifty percent. That's ridiculous. You want to take fifty percent? Oh my god, dude! You want to take fifty percent? And this is the reason why Twitch Turbo didn't last because people were like, "Where's my value in this?" We're, the worst part is we, like your your viewer your 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 subscriber is like I am supporting this guy so much I am giving him twenty four dollar or twenty four ninety nine a month and I get all these awesome emotes great and then you know it, there's that cognitive distance it's like oh no Twitch they don't they, a lot of people don't actually oh no Twitch is I don't know what the percentages are again this is all conjecture on my part I'm assuming it's whatever your contract rate is um, that's what but, I'm assuming yeah it's too. like. Yeah, if it's not, you know, hopefully someone will correct us. But if it is your contract rate, it's like they're not going to like the viewer doesn't know that. They're going to be like, "Oh yeah, no, he's getting the 24.99, not the not actually what, like 12.50 or whatever you'd actually the reality get." Reality is it, it's not the hit. viewer's problem. It's not the viewer's It's not we, their we, fault. We, we it's not their issue. We can't expect we can't expect to to support get support. mad at the viewer for this. Yeah. They're giving they're giving not the their harder fault. money to us and we appreciate yeah. that. Uh and and it's and it's kind of an it's it, it kind of sucks for us, too, because, you know, what do I do? Do I go on stream and say, guys, please don't opt into this. Just give me the 25 bucks. That comes off as arrogant. It comes off as uh, just distasteful. And also to my employer, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like somebody walking into a store and saying, well, you should buy this product down the road because it's cheaper. Uh, you just don't do that uh, out of respect, right? So all I can really do is voice my opinion, and and unless Twitch comes out and says, guys, you got this totally wrong, we're only taking the two dollars and fifty cents from you, and you get the remainder, then I my lips are sealed, and you can throw as many of these emotes at the world that you want, and I'm a happy man. But I'm going to assume it's the same sub rate 
uh, all the way. What do you think, Adam? <laughs> there is so much to He's this. He's unloading. There's so much to this topic that that it's 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 actually hard to without having pre-written all of this stuff out. It's hard <laughs> to put all of this in and have it make sense. You end up almost repeating yourself along the way because there's so many things to cover. Here's here's the thing. When I said that I wanted, you know, them to do more, you know, give us more value for these whatever, I didn't even touch on the fact that they're still taking a huge cut of of all of these new tiers and stuff. Um it's because for the reasons that you eventually hit, Jeff, is that if you don't get into it, you eventually it becomes a standard whether you like it or not and you're you need to do it. There's uh, that's why I opted into this immediately. I last with the bits, same as you. I waited forever and ever and ever. I said fuck it, whatever. Uh, and I, I downplayed the shit out of bits on my stream. It is a minor little thing. There's barely a fucking noise. It lasts a quarter of a second. There's this tiny little thing that shows up on stream, mm-hmm. and that's it. Um, because bits, bit. I think bits is one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. But but here we are. Here's the problem. With any and all of this, um, we could sit here and try and educate viewers until the cows came home. We could we could have no. panels. We could have we could have PSAs. We could go door to door like a like a fucking Jehovah Witness trying to convert people over to things. It's not going to matter. There are so many viewers. On this website, it is mind-boggling, and everybody has. Not, I'm not. I won't say any, everybody, but there is a herd mentality, just like anywhere else. And the moment that a just a big enough group starts one thing, everybody jumps on, and it no longer matters. Nobody thinks about what is behind it. They just know that there's something something that's happening and a lot of people are doing it and they automatically want to do the same thing. It's uh, I don't know if I ever said this on the podcast, but I've, I've used this in, in discussions like this before. You walk into a party. It's like, it's a good old-fashioned Nova Scotia uh, kitchen party. You got classified blast in the background. Everybody's drinking Alexander Keats and one guy's got a kilt, no underwear on, his balls are hanging. You walk in, there are three different groups of people, different sizes. You don't know anybody. You were just told there's a party and you want to get smashed. So you show up to this party and you've got your booze with you and you put it in the fridge. You turn around and now there are three groups. Nine times out of ten, the person is going to go for the largest group of people. They will gravitate towards the largest group of people. They won't go for the smaller groups. They will go to the biggest group instinctually. And this same concept applies to so many things in society. This is one of those things. As soon as bits became a thing on a couple of major streams, it's all it took. Everybody flocked to it. Now it's a standard. And now if you don't, you're that small group in the corner with three dudes talking about Pokemon cards and getting lit as fuck off of Rev like you're in high school. This is basically what you've become. And you want to be the cool guys hanging out with the big crowd. And there's that one small dude breakdancing until he passes out from having no water left in the system. That's the group you want to be with. That's going to happen with this. 
And we can sit here and say, guys, look, at the beginning of the stream, somebody comes in and the first thing you know is going to happen is how much are you getting from $9.99? How much mm-hmm. are you getting from $24.99? You know, mm-hmm. what's the best way to support you? There are always people that ask mm-hmm. that question. And mm-hmm. then your response is, here it is, guys. At, up to this point, somebody will, the common question up to this point was, what's better? Do I donate you $5 or do I subscribe to you for that same $5? And unfortunately, in all honesty, most people will still say the subscription because it's money that you know is coming in. Mm -hmm. So despite the fact that you're losing a percentage, it's a reliable source of income that you can look as a streamer that's doing this for a living on the back end of the site and go, I know Mm -hmm. that at the end of the month, within a margin of error, I'm going to have this many dollars. And I'll add this in and you can continue. Also with that. Yeah, go ahead. Also, and what I tell people, I say, listen, if you're going to donate 10 bucks... Become a sub and donate five. If you're gonna, if you're gonna yes. donate five bucks, or uh, you want to give me five bucks, become a sub. And the other yeah. point that you added to that, besides knowing, like it's nice to to see how many subs I have and say, okay, you know, I'm gonna make two thousand dollars this month uh, for sure, and that's the show. Uh, anything else above and beyond, that's great. So there's that because donations are an unreliable source of income. A streamer like me, mm-hmm. it's pretty reliable that I'm going to do relatively well. But at the end of the day, you just never know. I mean, I've had there's months that, that have been phenomenal. And then I've had months that are like, oh, my God, you know, I got to stream more. Um, but the other big point is, is sponsorships. Sponsors love, love, love to, to ask you and see how many subs Commitment. you have. Because it shows that your viewers are willing to pay, they're willing to go above and beyond for you, which means they're more likely to buy their products opposed to not. So that's, Mm -hmm. it it also shows your engagement and how connected you are with your audience. And you'll notice that a lot of streamers that are just very, they play the game, you don't have a webcam, you don't see them, they don't really talk. They have very low sub count to viewer ratio if they're big, but you got somebody like me that actually has more subs than I typically have viewers because of the relationship that I have with my viewers, which also mm-hmm. means I can probably sell more products, shout outs to uh, Power Energy Toothpaste, uh, than most people. <laughs> wow. And sponsors, sponsors love to see that. <laughs> I did that shit. Wow. I did that shit. Shout outs to uh, Loblaws who's not paying me, but they have these dope Canada Day pillows. Uh, you should go get some. They're fire. Anyway. Oh well, yeah, continue uh, yeah. on. But that's that's so, another yeah. reason why subs are great. So, so there... <laughs> what is that? My what real that? Crown Club card for movies. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, so yeah, the... So, 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 but that changes when you hit nine ninety nine and twenty four <clears throat> Assuming... And we don't know yet, but there's a damn good chance that the, the split remains the same. The odds of them keeping the split at the $2 did, or whatever. You. They probably would have Would have probably already happened, right? That's, yeah, yeah I, 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 I don't know. But maybe they're gauging. Maybe they're gauging. Maybe Jordan's watching this right now and Jordan's thinking, oh, shit. We they fucked got us. They I gotta go. I gotta go they, talk to the boys upstairs. Yeah. I gotta go talk to Kevin. Kevin. Guys, they found them. out. They found out. They found out. <laughs> No, uh, not shout, out to Jordan. <laughs> shout out to Jordan, though. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so the that dynamic changes dramatically. And so when so, if somebody came to me and said, hey, what's better? 
$5 in a sub and $5 in donations or a $9.99 sub. Every time I'm going to say $5 in sub, $5 in donation. That ain't going to change. $24.99 comes around, same thing. $5, all day, every day. And even if they change the split, I would still take the donation because the odds of me getting more money that way, tiny. Tiny, tiny, tiny. So no matter what, it's... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. When you think about it, like just think about this, if if it is a 50-50 split, which we're assuming, I mean, we are assuming, it could could be different, and if so, this, this conversation is totally different. Um, but we're assuming the odds are pretty good. They're very high. Uh, at $25, say you give half of that, uh, to, to Twitch, which at, you know, 1250, you receive 1250 of it. You receive 1250 of it. And then you get taxed on that 1250. I mean, when, when it's boiled down to it, you're really seeing about eight bucks, depending on your tax bracket. Uh, you're seeing eight bucks of the 25, which is absolutely like it hurts, right? Uh, it just it really, really hurts. Um, I, it's, I, it's I, deep. It's real deep. So right now, you know, just to end my thoughts on it, if Twitch comes out and they say that we're going to give this, if you opt into this streamer, still an option, which I love the fact that they, they're, they're allowing you to not opt in. But with what Adam was saying, you kind of pressured to do it um, because it becomes the norm and you're kind of left out of the rat race you just kind of you should just kind of do this um but if you're that strongly against it of course there no one's putting a gun to your head and saying you have to do it so i give them props for for not making it mandatory but the big thing is uh at the end of the day if they're not going to add another little thing to a streamer for that value that you're giving them you're giving twitch money you're paying twitch more it's like it's it's like you know uh, somebody bills you for work that they've done for you. Uh, you they're 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 basically billing us. They're saying we want fifty percent of this, um, and you're going well. The only thing you're doing is giving more emotes. That doesn't. I mean, it depends. I the guess maybe some streamers. Yeah, maybe some streamers consider half worth the emotes, and to those people, I mean, opt into this and have a big smile on your face and continue on with your day. But for guys like me, I see right through it. I, I see it for what it is. I see that they're getting a, a, they want a piece of the Patreon market. They want a piece of this stuff because they're realizing that more and more money, millions of dollars are not going in their pockets. The money isn't funneling through their company. And they would much rather, obviously, have the money funnel through them and then give it out to the streamers and package it. Uh, as like they're doing us a favor, but at the end of the day, we're the ones really doing them a favor. And if we're not getting anything extra out of it, uh, I, I I don't see the value in it for me personally. But of course, I'll end up opping into it. I, yeah, yeah. I saw I sub to a I sub to a lot of different streamers, and I've actually had a couple like again. I, I generally support a lot of different streams. I've had a couple comments like, "Oh, I can definitely count on you for like one of the higher tier subs, right?" Because you know you've been always a huge supporter. I actually had to be like, "No, um, there's maybe only one, maybe two channels I would do it for." But that's for other reasons. Like, I'm not going to bother with the higher tier sub. Like, you know, I'll keep doing what I do. I just don't see a point. It's kind of, you know, ridiculous, you know, for just mm-hmm. extra emotes. It doesn't do anything mm-hmm. for me. You know, if there was some other value that Twitch would, like Twitch specifically, I'm not talking like for the streamer side because, you know, they're, you're already providing me. I'll support you how I want to support you. But, you know, if Twitch is going to offer the extra sub tier and they're going to take a larger cut, I want to know what Twitch is specifically doing to help the streamer. What are they giving honestly, up? 
Yeah, no, because my, my big side is, um, you know, Twitch has, uh, they've done a lot of great things. Awesome platform. You know, I've, you know I, I've spent a lot of time on it. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I understand yep. all the bandwidth and stuff. But before I, the, the, I'm, I'm given the, you know, the compliment sandwich right now, and there is no second compliment. The support, the servers, everything's literally just on fire all the time. They have random outages. Yeah. They have problems that they haven't fixed for years. You know, so I want to know where is this value like going? Where is this yeah. value going? Like I'm getting, you know, inconsistent. I get buffering, and I'm on like I'm on a I'm on a high end FiOS connection, and you know, I, I get buffering. Like you know, I'm getting Dude, problems that shouldn't you happen. Are in, you are in the same city as the ingest and output server. Oh yeah, for the eastern. So again, seaboard. like. I want Twitch to like say, you know, by at rolling this out and taking this extra cut, this is how I am materially improving your Twitch service. We are going to use this money to fix that bug. We are going to use that money to make Rip. sure you don't get buffering. You're going to use that money to make your Twitch life the best Twitch life it could be. And I feel like we're not going to get that. We that's should use why that money I'm not to fix your microphone. That's what we should use. That yeah, money no, for we, right we've, now. we've, we've, we, you oh, know, we've crossed the, we know we crossed the two hour mark when uh, Zencaster falls apart. So I'm going to uh, make a, a quick new uh, Zencaster, and then uh, it's going to, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it'll it's be good on the final recording. Well, yeah, it'll be fine on the final recording. But for the live stream here, we're gonna keep going. With this I have more to say about this, but we have to take a second to do this, to do this up. This has been a bad day for this shit. This is crazy. Uh, but I'm gonna make a, a new one real today. quick. So just give me right. give me a second. And panic. Uh, um, yeah, no, never mind. I was gonna suggest something, but we'll see what go what happens first. I'm gonna make a new Zencaster real quick. Okay, let's do it. And I'm back. Welcome back. Yeah. Hopefully and I'm back. Is okay. There we go. Hopefully everything. Hopefully everything is fine for not more than just four seconds. These are problems. These are problems we haven't had for like. Weeks, a while. weeks. It's all it's all happening. Yeah. But where were we? Uh, uh, so yeah, we were just panic. Was just wrapping up his his thoughts on that. So for me, um, yeah, man. Uh, so I I have some other mixed feelings about this about this whole thing. Uh, step step one is uh, one of the reasons why I'm I'm getting a little tired of Twitch's. You know, not necessarily Twitch getting into our pockets. I'm getting tired of their of of how they look at things. I've Jeff and I are lucky in in that we actually have contacts that are uh, you know at Twitch uh, and and higher up in in the the great corporate ladder of of Twitch.tv, and so we get to talk to these guys. Um, there is a lot of mixed messages uh turn down your headphones a bit jeff i'm hearing myself in your in your mic um we're getting a lot of mixed signals in terms of what you know what they think a a community is getting behind a streamer for i guess for lack of a, of a, of a better you know the support they'll say i i've heard them say Oh well, the reason why we don't lower the um, the barrier for entry to get in as a uh, as a partner is because most people just uh, donate if they want to support, um, or they just use better Twitch TV emotes. I've heard, um, uh, I've heard uh, a slew of shit. It goes on a slew. Yeah. Uh, it goes on and on and on and on and on. Uh, and it's unfortunate. I'm only literally thinking of one right now, but uh, this whole. Th- Fucking technical we could take, thing we could take two hours to go through all of the com- completely you know, 
yeah. thrown me for a loop. Uh, so, so they, I'm getting tired of, of of how they're coming out and saying we're doing this for streamers and so on and so forth. Um, I uh, I'm also on panic side here, and I've been I've been tweeting out sarcastically and stuff for for like I don't know what feels like four months now. Twitch is Twitch has been down or has been down. What has what was once once every like three weeks to a month where there was an outage where people weren't being shown as live or the streams just completely cut out or you couldn't get to go live and then it was every three weeks then every two weeks then once a week and now it's like every seventy two hours to twenty four hours I've there's been what feels like times where it's happened every day I'm sure it's not daily can I have a comment on that before we move on on that part. Yeah, sure. Yep. So, um, pretty much like again, like I work on large enterprise systems. I have at multiple companies. Um, like what that's telling me is that they have some like inherent flaw in how they're releasing software, or they have some reliability problems in their tech. Um, and again, these are things they need to address, but they haven't. Um, and the fact that they're you know having happening with increasing frequency, you know, it's not just scaling, and it's not just like a lot of the things that you hear. It's like, oh, it's a difficult problem. Yeah, it is, but. Just the frequency of these problems that they're happening is just indicative that they have some inherent flaws in how they're addressing all of the tech issues. Um, they might be rolling things out too fast or they're not monitoring properly because all of those issues where it's like, oh, yeah, we tweet out that you know people aren't able to go live. They go from being a couple of people to being very widespread very quickly. And, you know, it affects the entire site for like half an hour to an hour. And it's like, really? Like, why is this happening so frequently? Like, what are you guys doing back there? It's like. Are servers going down? Why? It doesn't sound like they've done as much analysis as they should have been doing. And again, well, I don't want to confuse me. Not, I would like to. Uh, I'd love to be a fly on the wall on the on the, yeah. on the data center. But I mean, there. but I mean, let's 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 be fair. There's it is a complicated it is a complicated thing. You know the the mesh work that they're dealing with, and they had a yeah. lot of work to to switch from the legacy Justin TV servers over to what we've got now and everything else. That was done a year ago. So there's there's no more legacy server crap going on or anything like that. And what I'm what I'm my mind blown about. I'm happy that they upped the the bitrate maximum to six thousand kbs because it was desperately fucking needed. But I'm confused as to how we managed to get that when all of this stuff is still on fire all the time. Like I feel I feel like we should have had some stability brought in first and then said, okay, guys, we're going to blow this site up with almost twice the available bandwidth. And you know, at least 30% of streamers are going to hop on that regardless. And that's going to send our bandwidth through the roof. Maybe we should make sure all this shit is working better before we press the green button on that one. And when it, so when it came out, my first thought thought was, oh, they've improved the infrastructure to support such crazy bandwidth increases but it's still the same issues are appearing in the exact same ways and i'm just it when so when that stuff's all happening and that's core product delivery that's not extracurricular activity shit that is your core product and so when they're doing that and they're also going in for the nine ninety nine, twenty four ninety nine, oh yeah, and doing all this stuff, and not providing, saying even like, oh, at nine ninety nine, uh, no ads. It's not going to be grandfathered streams only. At twenty four ninety nine, we're going to have discounts on merchandise or something. You know, we're going to take our Teespring uh, partnership a step further. Uh, you know, the, 
There's so much that could be added in and to, and to release this program, even in a beta state and say, opt in and we're going to allow you to lock out Kappa variants is one of the craziest (laughs) things I I could have imagined them doing. It's so, it's so nuts to me. And, and to not, and to not say how much the splits are going to be either tells me a, they haven't decided yet. They literally have not sat down and decided if it's going to be the same or if they're going to uh, modify it. I think they're going to try the same until people scream. But here's the the thing. If they change it, they've got to redo contracts. So if they redo contracts, how much work have they just made for themselves? Uh, Well, they'll just do an annex, right? They'll just just do it. They can do an annex. They'll just do an annex. Just, well, no, I know, but you, but you still, but you still, but you get like a little, else, yeah. you get a little pop up that says, "Go, yeah. go, sign your new, go sign yeah, your that will pop up. They'll pop contract. up another like eight times after you've already done it, like my tax yeah. form." Yeah. <laughs> I, I think what I think what we're all saying here is, it, it's a, it's a, it's an exploit to to get money out of the streamers. And rightfully so, it's their right to do that. And it I could, it could I, just be I, done so much better. It could just be done much, so much better. It could just, it could be done infinitely better. There could be purpose behind it. You know, it could have been that you know the 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 streamers that opt into that can do the six k bit. It could be you know we make sure that emails are being sent out when you go live. It could be or give you know the extra uh, bandwidth. You know, it could be anything. It could it could be you know you you get VIP automatic VIP access. When you go to these Twitch events and stuff like that, there could be some the the just some small incentives for uh for for people to feel okay with giving away uh so much of their income, uh, because the way they package it is like, hey, we're we're giving it an opportunity for you to make more money. But anybody that's smart understands that. Well, listen, you know, chances are somebody has twenty five bucks to spend. They're not gonna do the $25 sub and then donate me 25 bucks. It's one or the other. And if it's the yeah. other, which with, which is Twitch, you know, I'm going to lose money. It's that simple. The only good thing about it is, and it's another cheeky way of doing things is somebody subscribes for 24 99 and forgets that it's subbed. And then the next month you automatically get that form. 24 instead of that one time donation. And, you know, they skip out. It's that that whole Netflix thing and all these like that's why when you sign up for all these betas on these websites, Audible, you know, first month free and then it'll auto renew if you forget. And a lot of the times people forget. And so you get it. You get a little bit of a kickback that way. But at the end of the day, when twenty five dollars is coming out of your account, you're going to realize pretty quick, you know, that twenty five dollars came out of your account. It's not like four ninety nine. Now, uh, just just to put a, a cap on on this topic, they've got the uh, they're expanding, uh, or they're they're what is it, what's it called Twitch? Um, oh crap! Program. Affiliates. That's it. Twitch affiliates thing. Oh, we're uh, still now. going on this. Oh my goodness. So so they've got um, where now I'm it's, okay with the affiliate program. Like, yeah. So I, I was going to say this is a more positive move uh than than what we just talked about but it's you know the next to next to anybody can become an affiliate which i think might be a they might have gone a little too far down the the ladder uh on it but but what it means is it at least gives people and again they're going back to the well on the on the emote thing but you know you have as long as you have like three concurrent viewers and you have 50 followers i think that's the actual numbers and and uh, a couple of other things, yeah. You have that at least. You can become an affiliate. You can then have bits used on your channel. 
So it's again, it's Twitch allowing people to use bits in more places, uh, I guess, so which is nice. And ex- yes, exactly. But at least, at least for the people that aren't at full partnership, it, it because bits are a standard now, it does allow those people to make a few extra dollars that wouldn't have made them anyway, um, only because it's a standard, and they get one emote. They can actually have one emote. Can I name. can I and say I'm, something here? And I'm going to throw this out. And if Twitch, no, it's not your Twitch podcast, is, and, Jeff. And, and well, you I know you're in the talk. middle of talking. I know you're in the middle of talking, but I, <laughs> but I feel as though I feel as though I can solve all of Twitch's problems in one oh, shit. or two sentences right now. And I know you had a glass of wine. I know Jordan is probably listening here, and I know that this is probably a heavy feat. But you're Amazon, so you can fucking do it. If you really want <laughs> to get your hands in every one of my pockets, you want you How want, you want you your have, hand Jeff? in this pocket. You want your hand in that pocket. This doesn't. Ha- These are fake pockets. <laughs> you want you want you want your hand in every area of my body. What you do is you then become PayPal. Whatever donations come in, there is a Twitch hub. There is a Twitch hub. You donate to mm-hmm. Twitch. Yep. They get their 3%, make it a little bit yep. more than PayPal. Absolutely. And then you can cash out via there, and they yes. get their cut on every fucking yes. cent that comes Absolutely. in. And we no longer have to deal with PayPal. You guarantee yeah, people no, no fraud. It's through Twitch. It. We support them. We make the same amount of money. There's no fucking bullshit emotes. That's There's it. no nothing. You just give it to everybody, and you make so much money. And if you do this, Twitch... I want to raise and I want to check in my mail because I just made you a fuck ton of cash. Do it, and I'm. They've already in. thought of it. Well, why hasn't it been done? They just don't want to deal with that. They probably don't want they to don't deal want with that. They level. don't oh, want come to. Come on, man. There's, you, you, there's you want too it, much. That's a lot to take on. That's a lot to take on. Liability wise, you're Amazon. A lot to take on. You're Amazon. Your Amazon. Think about the money. Think about the amount of cash. No, that's I, coming I, in. I agree with the you. The headache would be worth. I hey think about on. all I, the accounting they have to do. That's what to are, send that is you what that, bits are. To, yeah. all that yeah. think you think about all that accounting they have to do to send you tax documentation and your all Amazon. the other paperwork they have to do. Your your Amazon. No, no I I I fully <laughs> I fully agree. Now, here's now they could solve they some kind of these problems. Also venture into becoming employer employee stuff too, which gets really bits are, no, no, not, no, not at all. Not with, look, not with look, bits, they, but if they start processing the all money to a dude, again, producer, Amazon on a daily on a fucking this is the start of this podcast. The amount of shit that's been sold on Amazon, it is it makes it'll make donations look like small potatoes in comparison. The the, small. the, the Here's, they are just right. They're, you know, the company that owns Twitch is Amazon. Now, that doesn't mean that Amazon's going to come to the rescue of Twitch every single time something needs to happen. However, if if Twitch or if Amazon wants to make their money back as fast as possible and then go past the line and start making their <laughs> making money, period, um, so printing money. Holy shit! Yes, this is Holy this shit. is a thing that makes sense. This was literally what I was going to bring up uh, before. Actually, this is what I wanted to bring mm-hmm. up before the technical thing happened, mm-hmm. and then I completely fucking gone. But the this is where they make their money. Now, like Panic said, and like I said as well, there's a huge amount of liability. There are ways to get around that liability. Chargebacks is the first thing on everybody's mind, right? Mm-hmm. Fuck people. If they press the go button, no more chargebacks. You can mm-hmm. set it up that way. This isn't a yep. storefront. You can make it a they're service. Not buying a, they're not buying a currency. Yeah. They're, not, they're not doing bits. They're not doing anything like that. This is not... The PayPal has to have it because they're a storefront of sorts or they're, yep. they're, a, they're, a, they're a point of sale system. 
They don't have to set this up like a point of sale. This is literally just money in, money out. Once it crosses that barrier, you're fucked. Unless you have the greatest excuse known yep. to fucking man. Yep. And that's and odds are if it's and you can prove and you can it. prove they, it. They actually make you. They make you submit. You have to like fax things and send it out. And yes. if you don't do it within a certain time, no, no go. You're done. I know it, it doesn't matter how much work is involved there. It will pay for itself and more because what we've already mentioned right now, think of how many places exist where money goes through and there's a percentage cut taken from donations. People have hopped around to try and find the free ones, but even when that's not the case, there's still money going into other people's pockets that could go through Twitch's pockets instead. And nobody would really care because as long as the cut is still only like, this minor three percent, then a everybody's going to be bigger. Everybody's like, can okay you imagine with it? a quarter of a percent more on PayPal? I would opt in in a second, right? Money yes. would get wired. They could wire the money right to my bank account. Everything Absolutely. is done. It makes it makes it easier for uh, accounting purposes. Now, here's I don't have thing. to worry here's about the anything. Thing. They wire. You want that, that money that, coming in that, once every thirty days, or your payout period, or do you want that coming days, in daily? No, it doesn't matter. Gonna, it, it, PayPal yeah, doesn't yeah, come yeah, in daily. Yeah. You can't get your money right away. You, you still it's have to days. Days. You, know, you have days. to wait. It's the yeah. same thing. So just when when you get paid via Twitch, you can even do two some uh, you know one deposit for your for your your uh, your your Twitch your your ad revenue your subs and then another f- via PayPal or just commingle at everything because it's one large lump sum of money. At the end of the month, it sends you. They can tell you how much money you've made on the back end. And everything is done. Bob's your uncle. They can own the market. And and the, is, it, it, listen, if they, if this was Twitch pre Amazon, you would never think in a million years they could do this. But they're Amazon. They're Amazon. You can do it. And I'm telling you, they already you, have their own payment systems yes, in place. Yes, of course they do. Of course they do. They're fucking one of the biggest corporations on the planet. Of course they can do it. They've made it their job to make losses. On the Amazon storefront since oh its God, inception, the amount, the and only money. made money on their servers for the longest fucking time. And look, it's it, it, obviously they've thought about it. They're not stupid. This is well, obviously I don't know. crossed their mind. Uh, may- this maybe. this this could, for all we know, be a five year goal that they've laid out where they're trying to make that barrier. Now. Uh, the thing is, I think some of the problem might be by the time they get around to doing that, people are going to view it more negatively than positively. If this happened earlier on, before they did the ten, you know, the nine ninety nine, the twenty four ninety nine, the bits, the fucking whatever that kind of keeps coming up, and there's all these ways that that Twitch is getting you know a cut of of everybody's money, and then they come out and say something like that, it might be people go, eh. You know, it might be a little negative. I would still be on board so fast to have all my money coming through one place as a streamer Please, that makes my life make it happen. so much fucking easier. Make it make it happen. It makes it easier for the end user. I have been, every time that I have been asked by the boys at Twitch, what can we do to make more value? I keep saying, why is better Twitch TV doing all the shit that you guys could be doing in like two months? Everything that Better Twitch TV has, you could do in no time flat. Why is it that people like stream? Uh, what, what are they called? They're, uh, Streamlabs now. They combine uh, yeah. those two companies. Yeah. Streamlabs. Why in the shit are they making all of their money? Why aren't you cutting in on that? This is your business. They're a third party taking Streamlabs your shit. Does it? 
it's not like Streamlabs is full of geniuses. You just get a bunch of guys sitting around coding their shit and they're making huge amounts of money off of something that Twitch could do in no time flat. But at the same time, and this is not to harp too much on Twitch on this, because I uh, we do. We love you, know, you guys. Much, we love you. We love you guys. We love you. That's why we're hard on you. Is, is you know, they just started putting out. We're just telling the truth. You can do better. The, you can do better. You can do better. Uh, but these are also the guys that took forever to have a dark mode. These are the guys that had that only recently started trying to fix their UI UX, which has been absolutely bottom of the barrel shit-tastic for the longest time. And I haven't really seen the new... I haven't been pushed that yet. I don't know if I've seen it, but the odds of it being anything short of, of mediocre at best for the amount of money this website makes, it, uh, it would probably be bad. But you guys can do it. I believe in you. I want you to have Please. to have you know make more money off of me, but you need to provide some fucking services because you can't even say, "Well, we're hosting your stream anymore at this point." Because once every twenty four hours, I have to restart my stream sixty seven times just to get the fucking thing to go live. So there's there's some things here that need to be covered. Anyway, yep. moving on. No more Twitch puberty. We're off of the Twitch puberty hype. We're moving on to Jeff's uh, favorite topic. And that's movies. Jeff, we're coming up well, into the springtime. Uh, we're coming up into springtime. And after spring yeah. and summer. Yeah. So and there's, there's a lot of movies that are going to be released. What well, do you got? I, I was, I, I, was I, I thought that this was going to be a big chunk of the second half because I thought the other points would have been like, like kind of fast. And we just talked about Twitch for we like 45 minutes. Next week. So we should probably save this for next yeah, week and we can okay. get into it because there's a lot of there's a, there's a lot what of I stuff. wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah. What I wanted to talk out. about is I wanted to talk about the most anticipated movies for each month for the spring and summer. I mean, it is summer, summer movie uh, time, blockbuster time. Um, and I could sit here and talk for like <laughs> I could talk for like 45 oh, yeah, we minutes. We could probably go for a bit. Uh, on, on these movies, and I was just going to talk about, kind of ask you guys, because I'm going to list off the major movies that are coming out in each month, and you guys can yeah. tell me which one of those you would be more, you're, you're most anticipated to see. Um, okay. I know Adam doesn't go to the movies very often, but I know Panic would, would likely um, see a lot I've, of these I've movies. set a personal goal that any movie you watch for the podcast, I will attempt to watch the Thursday before. That's my personal yeah. goal. Okay. So we'll see what happens. So there you so go. We, well, we no, we're not going to make any? another DLC. I mean, we're not going to get that fucking no. crazy. We'll no, just no, no, save no, no, it for no. another. We'll just talk about it next week. We'll talk so next week. What, what, then, what then? Is there anything movie-wise that's happened that uh, recently? You, well, you well I, mean, we can, I mean, we can talk about... We can, we can talk about... Um, I guess I'll just throw a topic out there right now uh, sure. that we can talk about very quickly. And that yeah. is uh, Fast and Furious, or F the Fate of the Furious, number eight, the the eighth installment. Um, Adam didn't see the movie yet. I know Panic did. Uh, I saw the movie. I'm sure a lot of people here saw the movie as well. Yeah, I think I wrote. Th um, I think I wrote this in originally on the on the list to to talk. You about. You did. You did. And, and for those that don't know, it did open. It did have the biggest opening weekend of all time in cinematic history. Uh, Beat it made up the Star most Wars. Money. Yeah, it beat out Star Wars. Obviously, there's like inflation uh, things from like movies like you know T Titanic or Avatar and things like that. Movie tickets are are becoming more and more expensive. But generally speaking, um, it 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 broke all records. Uh, obviously, the movie did crazy well over in China. It always does well overseas. All movies, usually most movies, 
uh, make well more overseas. money overseas, and that's why a lot of movies these days have set pieces in China and different places like that to yeah, really yeah. cater to those markets. Or you'll see one random Chinese actor, and you're like, "Why the fuck is that Chinese actor there?" And it's because they cater to those markets that make them the that's most all it money. Takes. But I guess my question is, and I think Adam might be able to chime into some of this. Sure. Is and, and and people in the comment section as well. This is a good one for people to uh, interact in the comment section. What do you think is the best Fast and Furious out of all of eight of them, oh. if you've seen them all? And also, um, do you agree with the direction that the franchise has taken? Because it's no longer a race movie, um, although they do nods to to, to the the old school Fast and Furious. Obviously, we had one and two, which which were great. Number three, Tokyo Drift, which is kind of like a cult thing. Some people really love. I, 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 it mind boggles me that when when people say Tokyo Drift's their favorite, and if one of your guys' is, I'd love to hear why. Um, but And then some people say the franchise uh, got worse after Tokyo Drift, and then there are people like me that actually enjoy the franchise more now than I ever did um, in different ways, but in, in generally speaking, uh, it is, in my opinion, a better franchise now, and I'll get into why. But the the my question is, what's your favorite Fast movie, and do you like the direction that they've gone? Um, I'll start with Panic. Um, honestly, I'm I'm disappointed that they drifted away from like the original movies. But at the same time, I also don't care because they're good movies either way. Um, again, I'm not expecting some amazing, you know, thing. I'm expecting a good popcorn movie with good action, really nice cars, and you know, all, all of it. Um, despite them kind of moving away from the roots and kind of changing the focus of the movies, um, it still has everything I was expecting there to be from the first movies. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of races, you have chases um, and various other, you know, small changes here and there. Um, and they know why they're making the movies, and they've always been cognizant of who their audience is, and that awareness is great. So for me, I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting anything you know super revolutionary. And every single fast movie I've gone to, I've had a good time, and that's mm-hmm. what I'm going to the movies for. So um, mm-hmm. favorite one I'm going to say is probably Fast Seven, though. Um, out of all of them, you know, obviously there was the Paul Walker nostalgia factor and all of that, but just overall, I really enjoyed that movie. I do, I do watch it still periodically out of all the fast movie, uh, fast movies, just for the even the send off at the end. Yeah. Just a re- just really great filmmaking for that last segment. Yep. Amazing director for that movie too. Oh yeah, just uh, just just really really good. What about you, Adam? Uh, I like the first one uh, the most out of all of them. I like I like. Uh, you said you said to Tokyo Drift. I like Tokyo Drift a lot, but not. I did too. Uh, because I like it because, um, one I like Han as a character. He's my favorite character in the entire series. I think we'll um, see him again. Yeah, so I, Han's my favorite. My favorite character. Um, so that that plays into it. Uh, but it was it was super flashy, and it was the. It was like, uh, I'm not even a tuner guy. I don't really like tuner cars all that much, to be completely <laughs> honest with you. But it was done, it was just done well. There's something about Tokyo, I don't even know what the fuck it is. I'm sitting here trying to think of like what it was I liked about Tokyo Drift. I don't, I don't know, but I, I did like it a lot. I just think that it was, you know, that it was relatively well done. The acting was by a, a, a couple of characters 
really bad, but but it was it was it was still fun, uh, a very fun movie, and it was still about it was still it still had cars. It was about family, family. I, I'm, I, the family thing is whatever. Uh, the family thing was family. a spin for them to be able to move away from cars. <laughs> but they, they, they uh, were running out of race stories they could do. But this is see that's that's part of it. So I really liked the first one because it was it had the family thing. It had cars. It was still about the cars, uh, car culture. Um, it, it touched on a little bit of the tuner thing, but it also had the the muscle thing. So it was. It, it, I'm a bit of a car guy, so it really hit on a lot of points for me. I thought that the story was probably the best in the first one out of all of the. Uh, the, the the movies in the franchise, uh, and of course it's the first one, so you always have some though. sort of some throwback. Well, for me, the first movie, I'm okay with saying that I like the story. I didn't, you know, none of these movies That's are right. Oscar worthy fucking, you know, shit. But the first one was one of the only movies <laughs> well, that actually the had a storyline. First movie, yeah. yeah. There's more to do. I right? just, oh, I just thought it was they're a, you introducing know, everybody. Yeah. It was good. I just really liked it. Yeah. The uh, I liked seven four. The fact that the Paul's thing was in there, uh, it was the most impactful thing that the series ever had. But then again, how could it not be impactful? Paul Walker fucking died, and they did a send off of the century for him. So of course it was going to be impactful. As for how I feel about the direction of the series, I don't like it, but I still go watch them because they're fun to watch. I understand why they aren't about the cars anymore. There's only so many stories that you can do that it would involve racing over and over and over again, as much as I would like to see that. Um, So now it's about family and about blowing up everything in as many ways as possible and about taking a 1970s charger and strapping it with military plating and then sending it off to the fucking Arctic Circle to do battle with a goddamn submarine. You you know, that's... That's fun to watch, but it's so dumb. But that's what makes it good anyway, I guess, in 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 current form. Uh, but I just wish that they could have found a way to make it more about... Uh, to still have the car junkie stuff in there somehow. I just wish that that was possible. I don't think it is, but I wish Spin-off it was series. possible. Yep. Yeah, I so, guess. So, uh, and, and yeah, Panic, I was going to mention that too. So uh, I know a lot of people in chat uh, when I said I think Han will come back. Of course, he died in the movie, but it's Fast and Furious. I mean, other people have died and and have come back. uh, And also it's Fast and Furious. And uh, it is rumored uh, that we will see Han again. Um, I don't want to say too much because I don't really want to spoil anything for for number eight, although I feel as though... Outside of like, eight, they've been wanting to expand on the Tokyo Drift line. Exactly. Like th- they've uh, been wanting to keep it going. So that's the other let's, angle. Let's put it this way, guys. There is a good. There is a good probability, and also since Jason Statham's character is working with the team, who ultimately was the one responsible for Han's death, um, I think we're going to see. We're going to see Han, and of course, they're making ten of these movies. Um, number nine is already announced. Uh, there was a big drama between The Rock and Vin Diesel. Uh, they were not on screen together at all in, in number eight. They had no screen time screen time together. Uh, there was one scene in particular uh, where they had interaction, but they weren't actually on screen together. There's separate, and there's, separate cuts. Yep. And there's a reason for it. They did not like each other. Uh, both of them are alphas. And apparently they were fighting with each other over um, 
screen time on 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 the way that their characters were portrayed. One wanted to look tougher than the other, and it was just like a, a big head. Um, but beyond that, my thing here is I actually think Tokyo Drift is the worst one out of all of them. Um, and the reason it's worse, is worse than two. Yes, it's worse. Two is bad. God, it's worse than fuck. all of them. You've got oh. in, in Tokyo Drift, you've got like the main character that talks with this weird hick accent that is just overly thick. Um, you know, you've got little Bow Wow. It was a glorified music video. Um, it was the worst rated. It did the worst in box office uh, out of all of them by almost double. It did. Well, 80, also during it, sequel phase. It it did eighty four million dollars worldwide. Oh, that's it for adjusted uh, in, inflation. Okay, it did on, on opening weekend. It did sixty two million dollars, and number the the fate of the furious uh, did opened up at a hundred and says here one hundred and twenty four hundred and twenty four million. Uh, or no, that's not open. That's gross. Okay, so yeah, it, it's it's number it's number eight in the list. One hundred and fifty eight million in total. Uh, the next one up is two hundred and seven million, and it goes all the way up to Fast Seven, which is one point five billion. Uh, obviously, that was because Paul Walker's death. Um, people wanted to see, you know, the conclusion, and then also how well they did with that. Uh, obviously, people resaw the movie in theater. I was even tempted to go see it a second time because it was apparently just, they just came out at IMAX too recently. Like they did a delayed go. IMAX launch. So it is number eight in terms of of revenue. It's number eight in terms of rating. Uh, it it didn't have all of the gang. Obviously, Han was a great character, and he was the saving grace of the of the movie. It it's watchable, but it isn't on that level. Um, my favorite out of all of them is Fast Four, uh, which is fast. I think it was just called Fast and Furious, uh, and that was, that was the five, one, wasn't it? Might have been five. Uh, what was it? Was like, it was like the Fast and the oh, Furious, fa- uh, or it was Fast. Uh, and uh, no, I think Fast. I think Fast Five was actually called Fast Five. Uh, let oh. me let me get a list here. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, it was called Fast oh, Five. So got, number four. Yeah, number oh, yeah. four. Number four is Fast and Furious. Um, I'm pretty. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, Fast and Furious. That was my favorite one, uh, mainly because they introduced uh, the Rock. And I feel as though, and I know so, uh, the entire franchise shifted when The Rock was on board uh, with these movies. Was it Fast 4 well, or Fast it, 5 it, that The it, Rock came in? It, it had to because it's The Rock. It might have been Fast 5 where The Rock came in. There's so remember many of them, right? Fast 4 or Fast 5. I don't fucking know. Fast Five. It's, it's all one there it is. Okay, now. Fast Five. All right, Fast Five. I just looked. Uh, yeah, I just looked it up. It's Fast Five, so I, I stand corrected. Fast Five is my favorite uh, because The Rock was introduced, and he just should. I'm going to say it. He he electrified the uh, the franchise. I, I had to. He say, electrified to say the it. millions and millions. He uh, he definitely. <laughs> they he definitely was cooking. Oh, and it was it was great. It was the new big alpha. It was somebody that Vin, the the fight between him and Vin Diesel at the end uh, was great. Um, it was just it was he brought an oomph back to the series. He really did because it was kind of fallen flat. It was like it was still it was still serving its purpose, 
but it had no real direction. And then when The Rock came in, it really spiced the whole franchise up. And that's when it went from it being really street racing to a heist movie uh, into an action-packed movie. And I'm totally okay with this. I actually prefer Fast and Furious from really from four up, but I'll say five up because of The Rock. Uh, I like the direction because like what Adam said earlier, there's only so much you can do with street racing. I mean, we've seen it and people will cry and say, well, I remember when Fast and Furious was all about the cars and it was all. Yes. And it still is to an extent. I mean, there's beautiful cars in there. They they always have a couple of scenes where you've got uh, Ludacris's nerdy cars. character and and the girl character. They're they're doing their nerdy spec things and like oh yeah with five hundred and three horsepower and seven hundred pounds of torque and you know the fucking V eight twin turbo or Jared's engine and they go through all the things and you're like mm, yeah and they they you know they're doing these nice sexy panoramic views. Um, you know that's great. And they 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 do those nods to that, and then also in Fast Eight, obviously they opened up the movie with the big race scene, which was great, and it was different than what we've seen in other uh racing, uh fat or fast races. Uh, they did something a little bit different there, without you know spoiling exactly what it was. But I love the fact that they are trying to one up themselves. They have they were this serious racing. You know, pink slips, you know, it's give me your pink slips, motherfucker. Like, this is your life, bro. They always got these Latinas that are like, you know, they're drop downs and they're, they're bouncing. Uh, and you got the hot girls with their booty shorts on and, and, and shit like that. That was cool. And that was cool 15 years ago when I was a 15 year old and I drove a 1991 Honda Civic hatchback with a fucking, you know, tinted windows and a pipe and a fucking, you know, I thought I was fast and furious. You know, that was cool. But now, you know, the audience has matured quite a bit. Um, obviously the cars have gotten much nicer and the technology now in terms of cars, you don't really need to soup up cars anymore. I mean, cars that you buy stock now are pretty fucking crazy. The cars that they have in the movies, they, they, they just weren't the cars that they had back 15 years ago. Sure. You had some really amazing cars, but come on. I mean, now they don't need to, you don't need to do MTV's pimp my ride for every car and show off the fucking ground lights. And you know, the, the fish bowls that you have in the back of your seats, you don't need, you don't need that. So I like the fact that they've done that. And obviously the audience likes it too, because the franchise has gone up. It's now a billion dollar, a movie franchise. They're making billions of dollars off this. They're going to keep printing Uh, the money. They're literally printing money. And it's, it's done. They're on number eight here and we're not sick of it, you know? And, and how, how many franchises can you say that? You know, you look at something like saw and you're sick of saw movies, you know, you've seen it. They don't, they didn't, they didn't up the scale. They didn't change the, 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 the story. They didn't, they didn't go in a, in a different direction. I just want to see at something how like they can jump the shark for number nine. That's what I want to yeah. see. How far they can jump the shark. They'll do it. Will and, they literally jump a shark? They probably will. And, <laughs> and, and you see something like Transformers. You're tired of Transformers. You're just tired of it. You know, you, you're, you're done. You're, you're done. You're, you're like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do this. But I'm gonna go and do this. When you had a full, when you had a full cast switch over in a movie, it's time. It's time to. Uh, it's yeah. time to call it quits. We love. We love uh, Fast and Furious because of the characters, the interaction between the characters. And although I felt like an eight, it wasn't as good. And maybe that is because uh, Paul Walker wasn't there. There was something missing. But I still think they did a very good job uh, at entertaining me. They upped the scale. They did some crazy shit. 
and uh, I, I'm I'm all for these Fast and Furious franchises. I think they should end at ten where they're planning on it, and then what panics it at the end? Uh, do spinoff movies where they can get back to the ground roots, focus on one or two characters and their stories, or even prequels. We were supposed to get a Hobbs prequel, like The Rock, how you know how all his story began, or you know have them have children. You know uh, the uh, oh never mind, I almost spoiled some, I almost spoiled something there. Have have them have children and and uh, and and show them uh, in spinoff movies and get back to the racing. You know, watch them grow as a, as a race dri- as a as a you know a pink slip collector. Uh, you can get back to the roots. But now I think if they went back to the racing, they're going to go. They're, it's like they're taking twenty steps backwards because you only can do so much, and they've been upping the scale each time. That I think if they made a more grounded film that was about the street races, it would have to be done in a standalone movie and they can continue to just keep doing small nods to the franchise in terms of the the races and give us that but also up the scale in terms of action and character i think i think fast and the furious has two movies left in it without doing spinoffs and it's fucked i think i I think some franchises i think think some franchises yeah yeah well uh, some franchises have a slow roll off where it takes a few movies before people start to, you know, for it to happen. I think because the Fast and the Furious movies have been doing the whole up the on-screen batshit crazy on movie on movie on movie on movie, pretty soon this is going to be like Call of Duty where suddenly we have to go to space to get any crazier. Like now we're going to be doing fucking <laughs> like Tokyo Drift around the, the rings of Saturn. Like, you know... I think I think for this franchise, without spinoffs, to to put a bigger distance between the release dates of the mainline stuff, where we're getting the crazy, crazy. I think that it's going to be like one of those things. Where you wake up in the morning one day and go, you know what? I'm done with Fast and Furious. It's going to be a, <laughs> a, a suddenly light switch. You it's wake not going to be look in the mirror, and it's just done. Yeah, it's not going to be a movie comes out and it's, oh, it didn't quite hit a billion. And then the next one and, oh, it didn't quite hit 750. It, I think it's literally going to be a, a, a switch happens and and the masses are going to go, and nah. uh, I think this is good now. I think we've had it. Be- and just because that's the route they've taken where it's just one upping themselves with the crazy over and over and over again. Now, if they do spinoffs, I think that and space them out the mainline stuff out, I think that gives them a little bit more leeway. I think it allows people to have a breather and go, oh, okay, yeah, show me, show me Hobbs, you know, and how he got to where he was, or, oh, show me uh, Han before all this stuff happened, or, or whatever you wanted to do with that, you know, show me these backstories, and like you said, get back to the roots, because when you go back to the roots, the paces of these movies go way down, we go from doing 300 mile an hour back to a solid 60 and most people are probably not going to be too upset about that. Are they going to be Yeah, exactly. I need a Toyota Corolla for a bit. Uh can uh, I don't obviously those spin-offs are unlikely to do the billion dollar fucking mark the other ones are, but they'll be able to reduce the budget on them a bit and still make good money off of those spin-offs. Um mm. And still They're allow them for to maybe stretch. They're not going to kill. They're not kill Yeah, and look, I, I'm going to tell you stretch this further. Well, Fast Nine comes out in 2019, and Fast Ten yep. comes out in 2021. 
So by mm-hmm. the time 2021 comes out, we'll see we'll see what happens. But I'm going to guarantee you right now, when the movies are still making a billion dollars a movie, they will make more. Oh no, fast no, I'm not saying they're going to stop. But and I'm saying I think it's going to be a steep I think, drop. I I don't think so. And I think uh, and the reason is normally normally I would say yes if this was, um, I don't know fucking what other franchise can I think of you know maybe the matrix or or something like that where there is there's this story and you know how far can you can you push this story or whatever the case may be when it comes to mindless action and mindless fun at the theater there is a massive core amount of people that will go to the movie theater regardless if the movie is upping or it is staying the same, or it's gone downhill. Sure, box office may get affected a little bit, but something this big, it is going to last as long as they want it to last. And I think the only way that this does those drops is if Vin Diesel, oh, Vin Diesel is never going anywhere. This is his baby. I mean, he produces it. This is this is his. This is what Vin keeps Diesel's him gonna an be racing actor. Fucking real wheelchairs yeah. and he'll be a grandfather. He'll be yeah. a grandfather in the fucking driving driving seat. Yeah. I think the only time that this this franchise falls off in any kind of drastic way, when I say falls off, I mean going from a two billion dollar movie, one point five billion dollar movie, to like seven hundred million, is if say The Rock is like I'm done, I'm I'm done with this, uh, or you know two or three of them are like I'm I'm not getting paid enough, I'm done, I'm out, or I'm tired of this. That is when I can see it really tanking if. They decided to keep going forward with it. I think at that point it would be a good opportunity for them to do the spinoff movies and still make a shit ton of money off the fast name. Uh, but I, I really feel like if when nine and ten drop, which I guarantee they'll be billion dollar movies, guaranteed. If they if they continue to be at the billion dollar club, because that's the thing in Hollywood, billion dollar club. That's you know that's the that that's the mighty. If you're not a billion dollar movie. You're not a, a, a mega successful movie because it's so so easy now to get a billion dollars. Uh, I feel like they're gonna they're gonna continue the franchise. They're gonna continue the franchise. They'll maybe get a new set of directors, maybe a new set of writers. They'll do a little spin on it, maybe add new characters. But you see movies like The Expendables. That's a, that's I guess that's a really good one to compare it to. You got The Expendables. You got The Expendables Two. Um, you've got these Expendable movies which have been kind of going downhill because certain characters aren't showing up it, it, they're not upping the the stakes it's sort of the same shit all the time and you don't really have that attachment like you did many years ago it's kind of like that that thing that we said with nintendo where nintendo can come up with the zelda or mario game people are going to go fucking buy it it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter what it's kind of the same loyalty with this Fast and the Furious franchise or even a Harry Potter, you know, when they do these spinoffs or if if, they, if, if Harry Potter said we're going to make an, another trilogy, I mean, this shit is going to, people are going to go out there and they're just going to support things that they've been supporting like for gangbusters. Years. Yeah. So uh, I'm with you, though, to an extent, Adam. I, I believe that, that they will eventually see a hit, but I still think that it's going to be so successful that there's they're no way that they can say no to the money. It would be amazing if they did 10 and ended it. And they said, you know what? We have been an amazing... F- we did 10 movies? What kind of franchise do you th- can you think of that has done this? Like, it, they're going to write... It's they're gonna, going, the money's going up. I mean, they're, they're yep, going... They're, they're, the money, they just broke the fucking opening box office record of all time. 
The money yeah. is like fucking shooting. That's after Paul Walker's death. This is it's it's crazy. So if the they sad have thing the balls, is, though, they're never just gonna stop. They're just gonna they write the it down to that it one hundred million dollar movie again. I, I I I will be mine. I'll be mind fucked. I say Hollywood, you've done yourself. Congratulations. <laughs> You've just you've just done something, something that today. nobody else has done. You've created a great franchise. You've made a boatload of money, and now you're going to make five hundred million dollars off spinoffs. They're going to so, wait. They're going to wait the twenty years and then reboot it and reboot the whole fucking thing. Hundred <laughs> percent. They might even wait ten years. Fuck twenty. They don't wait that Dude, long. Dude, twenty days. twenty years is too long these days. 20, now you're going to be like twenty thirty. It'll be back. You wait five years, so, like, well, shit, time to bring it back. It's been too so long. So yeah, that's 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 my that's my take on on uh, on the fast franchise. I'm still enjoying it. Um. Yeah, it did feel a little weird with O'Paul there, but it was still as enjoyable, to be honest. Uh, and that's nothing against Paul Walker. I mean, he was never a great actor. He he wasn't a good actor. Like he didn't. He, but it was. You but grew he's up such a likable dude. With it. He is. He's, yeah, he's, he's a likable he, dude. But but let's be real. The Rock is much more has much more charisma, and he's more charismatic, and he comes off as well, more of a likable yeah, dude on screen. But it, sure. it, it's it's and this isn't like me trashing on Paul Walker. I'm saying yeah, 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 that yeah. the franchise obviously wasn't as affected by him not being there. And that speaks volumes to how connected people are to the franchise to have basically the star or one of two stars. It was Vin and Paul to have him not there anymore. And it's still succeeding the way it is. Uh, Yeah. We, we all wish he was still in the films and and he, and he was a great, he was great to watch on screen, but uh, I, I, it, it just goes to show that even if they lose one guy, you know, Jason Statham no longer wants to do it. I still think they're fine. And if, especially well, who, if they bring in Han, you know, here we go again. Jason. I'm going to be honest with you. Jason Statham could drop out of that movie. It wouldn't change well, dick. When you, see, Literally when you see number eight, dick. he has the best scene in the movie. And uh, when you see number eight, you, you, I'm a little, you may I, I'm a little biased though because I don't like Jason Statham in general. But th- that's, that's whatever. Uh, ladies, let's move, move on? on to tech support. Let's wrap this bad boy. You know what I'm calling this podcast? You owe me a three-hour cast. We're making a Fast and the Furious joke on this bad boy because we have we are crossing thresholds on this cast. So uh, <laughs> moving on to tech support where uh, we answer your questions. And by yours, I mean you still have to pay us money. So $10 or more on Patreon nets you the ability uh, to ask us questions on Patreon once a week. We call the segment tech support. We pick a couple to answer. Uh, and as soon as we hit that $5,000 mark on Patreon, that, uh, becomes a, an extended segment for, uh, additional content, both on the RSS feeds and on YouTube, where we will answer even more questions outside of our weekly podcast. Uh, as always, I will be asking both of, uh, these gentlemen, one apiece to, to give me a, uh, to give us a question and, uh, we will start with panic because he's usually the one with the screen up first. You call because I don't have mine up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, um, I think I'm going to go with a more generic one. There are some. There are some other ones here. I'm going to go with uh, Soft Shoe, who posed the question: Which ended or canceled TV show would you like to see more episodes of, and why that one? That sounds like a Firefly bait. It is a Firefly. <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan of Firefly, and I think I, it's I wasn't, gonna, I wasn't even going to say Firefly. There was a, I watched there was a it show down the road, say. like so. Yeah. I've seen better, but you know I can see why people people love it. Uh, I'll let you guys go. I'll let you guys go first because I know I have one, but there's another one I'm trying to think of. So if you guys have something, I'll let you guys go first. 
Um, there was a show on NBC called Life. Um, it had Damian Lewis. He's, he's in the home front. Um, but like he, he was pretty much like a cop that was framed. He went to jail. They found out like they all solved it. He ended up getting like a huge, massive settlement from the city and becoming like rich. And then he, 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 part of it was he wanted his dignity back. He wanted his like name cleared and he wanted his rank and title and everything restored at the NYPD. So he like became a cop again. And it was actually like, it was one of those, you know, standard procedural shows, but it was just very unique and well done at the time. I kind of wish they didn't cancel it so unceremoniously. But that's my show. I've never seen it. I've never seen it, so I can't really yeah. chime in. It sounds it's cool. On, uh, it was on Netflix periodically. Um. Oh man, it's it's tough because I I would say um. I would say True Detective, but it's still on. But I would want True Detective with the same. We just pretend. We pretend that number two didn't happen, <laughs> and rumor rumor is that they are coming back for the third season, uh, oh, which no. is going to revolve around them. So. I don't know, but I can't say that because it's still on the air. That'd be Dude, cheating. season one was season one. So oh, it's, good. it's it's like the best. It's it's some of the best TV. It's best I've TV. Ever seen. I, I think it's. I, I personally, yeah, it's, it's my top, top it's TV. Top, yeah, it's top three. It's definitely top three yeah. of all time. Yeah, uh, for just that season. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say, man, killing me here, bro. I've got one that I'm not concerned about either of you guys coming up with. <laughs> All right, go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it because I need it. I need another minute. All right, so so uh, the first one that I'd love to see, uh, Freaks and Geeks, which is a throwback Ooh, and three quarters. That's a great one. That only had one season, one. Uh, and it was a really fucking good show. And it boggles my mind that that show got canceled after one season. I'm sure there's a reason for it. I don't know what it is. I don't care what it is. I want more freaks and geeks in my life. Unfortunately, we're 30 years past the point where that would make any sense. But uh, freaks and geeks was was fucking awesome. And I remember watching it, finding it on Netflix, watching it. And when I got to the end and found out that there was no second season or no follow up, I was freaking salty. I imagine I was as salty as all the Firefly folks out there were with, with, with how that show got canned. But freaks and geeks, absolutely uh incredible that was pretty good the one that i'm going to say is also a bit of a cheat but i'll I'll give some reasoning for it arrested development um arrested development (laughs) arrested development is my favorite tv comedy of all time outside of whose lines it anyway which is a sketch comedy so so it's not quite the same thing uh arrested development is probably some of the smartest tv comedy to have ever existed so funny it's one of the it was when michael Sarah was still acceptable because he hadn't played that exact same role in 150,000 other places uh and it got weird as as fun as it was when when fox told them that it was game over and they started breaking the fourth wall and like shitting on fox in the episodes it was absolutely incredible but i would have you know it would have been just as nice to be able to have them continue that show without that happening uh, because when they came back years later and did the Netflix thing, it wasn't the same. You you fall out of step. Was, you can it's tell they were starting to do the nostalgia thing again. Exactly, uh, and and I feel like if it was just let run its course naturally, it would have been much better. Uh, and and I still think some of the funniest TV that's ever been done is Arrested Deve- uh, Development, without question. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I'm still I'm still sticking to my guns about. Uh, true detective because season two just doesn't exist um but if i have to choose one that is no longer on air 
And some people, oh, it's it's tough between two, and I'm gonna get flack for either one that I say. Um, I, I was gonna I say I was gonna say Breaking Bad, but I don't want to see any more. I want to see more of it because it, it I loved it perfectly. so much. But it, they ended it right at the right time, and they may have yeah. even dragged it. I think one it was. I think too it, long. one. Yeah, I was gonna say one season less would have been good. I don't yeah, even think like one me. season. I think like half a season. Yeah, maybe, like maybe, yeah. I think there, there was there was part of a season that I just didn't like. It wasn't even the last season, but there, some of it was just kind of dragged on. But yeah. if I had to choose, and I know that there's people out here that are probably going to shit on me, and I'm only saying this because I'm backed in a corner, <laughs> and I haven't had okay. a whole lot of time to think about this. Yeah. I'm going to say Lost. Now, oh. the, reason, the reason why I'm saying Lost is I know the show went on for a long time. I know the ending was a shit show. But I would love to see not not the not the same characters, but I would like to see the same concept. Call it lost, but with totally different characters and a totally different setting. Uh, I just there's something about so you want to the experience the experience that I had watching Lost was. It was amazing, and I didn't watch it when my ex-girlfriend and her parents used to watch it like every week. It was like a religion to them, like like us with Game of Thrones, and that was the Game of Thrones of like 20 years ago. It was just the show. I, and true. I it never was, got yeah, it. Was, was that a Bruckheimer? Was that a Bruckheimer production? I'm not sure. I, I, I have no idea, but it was it was the Game of Thrones of, of its time. Yeah. And oh, I, I never got into it. So I got into it after the, everything was done, and I remember binge watching it, and it, it serviced itself well for bin, binge watching because at the end of every episode, it was, the first shows I it was a cliff. It was a cliffhanger. It was my. It was the very first show I ever binged. Period. Yeah. Um. And and it was just it was perfect. There were so many episodes. It just developed. Now, if I was watching it on a week to week basis, man, I it would. I think it would actually. Nuts. It would drive me crazy. It would amplify the experience. I can see why people wanted, like, couldn't wait for the shit to 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 happen. But the reason why I say it, it was because of all the mystery, and it was almost like I was part of. It was almost like I was trying to solve these these things, and it, I felt engaged. It was like game, like Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad are just amazing television to watch. It's almost. You know, Game of Thrones is like borderline cinematic. I mean, it's something that you could watch like in the theater, but in your house. You know, if you put surround sound, you're watching that on a 65 inch screen. It's better than being in the theater. It's just it's Sounds amazing. Like me. It, it's and me. It's it's amazing. <laughs> you know, Breaking Bad was just some amazing writing. Uh, Brian Cranston just transcended in that role. He became a star. I mean, he was always kind of a household name because of Malcolm in the middle, but he really wasn't at the same time. He became a movie star, uh, literally, even though it was TV, like he started, you know, I wouldn't even say maybe a movie star, but when he was in a movie, people were going into the theater to watch, to watch the shit he was in because of this character. And he was getting offered big roles, uh, because of this. So that, that really did great things for him. But with Lost, I was part of the journey, and that is something that I don't get anymore in TV. I haven't watched a show where I felt like I was on the edge of my seat. I've been on the edge of my seat, but it was more of 
of me trying to it was I was thinking at the end of every episode and the be and I was looking in all different areas of the screen trying to figure out what it was I would pause parts of the show and rewind it to to look at a frame again and 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 I, I, it was like I was Sherlock Holmes and I was the one doing the investigating and it was you know sure it was far fetched and it got really like they didn't even know where they wanted to go with it they were just making it up as as it went but I would love to have that experience again with new characters and uh, maybe not on an island, you know, maybe maybe we're on a fucking, you know, on a boat somewhere. Maybe we're 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 in the jungle. Uh, maybe we're on a fucking on Mars. Maybe we're on a planet where where we go to space and we're on a planet. We have no idea. And and and, and you're you're now uh, discovering Mars and and what is on there and, and all these mysteries and. I think that would be an amazing concept. It would get me excited, and for those reasons, I'm saying lost. I know I'll have so some that haters, sounds, but so that sounds so that sounds less like something that you would want to have extended, and more like something that you would have rather have seen just taken in a different direction or done slightly differently in its in its time, right? Like you you love the show. You don't want to see it continue necessarily from the point where it was, but you no, would have liked no, no, it no. tackled differently. Uh, than it than it was at the time. You want it like uh, reenvisioned or remastered. I'm even okay re- with with how it ended. I've accepted that, and it is what it is. But I would like to see this the the lost like literally call it lost. You know, right, on yeah. Mars or lost oh, on okay, whatever what planet, mean. and a have same, a new in, set of characters and a new new mysteries and be gone. In a, I mean, in the same in. vein, then I'll, I'll I'll pose this just because this is I don't give a fuck how long this has gone at this point. This is a sick podcast. This is the greatest podcast we ever fucking done, boys. Except for the fact that everything fell apart twice, but that's okay. We're gonna fucking let that go. <laughs> well, I'm gonna expand on this a little bit, um, because it just because you piqued my interest, Jeff. Are there are there concepts or are there things that haven't hit the small screen yet that you would love to see be a TV show and would you like it to be like a regular TV show would you like it to be a Netflix special because there's different ways of doing TV yeah. now right so yeah. are, are, well, are there things I've already mentioned like- this I've mentioned this before and we can make it a topic obviously not next week because we we had we have a big movie yeah, 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 yeah. Through now. Like that's gonna yeah, be yeah. a big fucking chunk uh, but I would love to see Quentin Tarantino make a series on Netflix or preferably mm. HBO um, and have him use his creative genius to have one focus story for six to ten episodes and he could make it absolutely incredible. His three-hour cinematics are amazing. Um, to certain people that aren't into his dialogue and stuff, they do seem a little long and maybe boring to some people. But mm-hmm, to mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. people like me that really enjoy filmmaking, not only cinematography, not only screenwriting, acting, uh, everything, Quentin Tarantino embodies everything that I love about filmmaking, and he just... You give this man 10 hours of time to tell a story opposed to three in a movie because a lot of his films are actually a lot longer than the three hours or they're, you know, he writes like novels and then he condenses it uh, and then he he goes and makes it makes a movie. I think if he were to write an amazing story and I think we're going to see this and he even uh, talked about it um, uh, when 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 he was talking about because he's only he only wants to do. I think he said he only wants to do like 10 movies and then be done with it or something like that. He wants to stop making movies at 10. Um, and uh, The Hateful Eight uh, was his eighth film, and I it was absolutely fucking incredible. 
Did there you do the no, full experience where you watched it with like the full like original like yep, film the, prints uh, that he had and everything? The old, it was so good. The Rocho. Yep. I watched it uh, the way that it was. I mean, the way he filmed yeah, it. He filmed he it on old it, yeah. film. It had those cracks and popple pops that old film did. You could see like the little watermark or like the little circle up in the corner. Beautiful. Um, that that would yeah that would it was just things like that. And, and to most moviegoers, they like, they're they're Tarantino. bored with that because there's not this crazy action and all this other nonsense. And I get that. But to people like me that really enjoy that shit, it's fucking glorious. And if you could do a ten episode on HBO, I. I wouldn't watch any of it. I'd just binge it all. I would let it run, and then I would just watch it, and I would love every minute of it. So that that's where I'm at. That's what I would love. Okay, to see what about, what about you? What do you? What about you, Picnic? What do you got? Um, I don't really like. I go for movies for one thing, and I go for TV for others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like getting certain, even a majority of the filmmaking techniques in a TV show, it would be overwhelming. Because I'm not the type who watches a TV show every week. Oh, I'm not saying I'm not saying convert. I'm not saying convert movies to TV. I'm just saying, is there something? Is there a idea or something? An idea or like it could be a book series. It could be anything like that. You would rather that you would like to see in that format. Um, I don't even know at this point. It's just it's too it's too deep a question for me. I'm like overthinking (laughs) and second guessing myself on it. I would need more time. Wheel of Time is apparently is apparently happening. Wheel of Time has been apparently happening for like seven years. So oh, somebody Star actually Citizen, ponied up the money here, just it. like the last twenty four hours or some shit like that. And that and happened. Wheel of Time is not is not it was is something that can long run on TV, but there's a lot of dead space and filler in the middle. So yeah, I mm-hmm. guess it would be perfect for TV. <laughs> uh, I know. I'll say my thing before we do the next question and we wrap this this bad boy up. Um, but. Uh, Personally, I have a couple of things. I have one that I'd like to see a movie, and it's just because I'm on this hype right now. Uh, I want to see Mist done in a movie because I think Mist in a movie makes the most sense. I think it would be awesome. Really? Uh, yes, I think it'd be fucking. Puzzles in the be, movie? No, 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 no. Anybody who's read the books know that the puzzles were just a fucking way to make the game a game. Um, the, the if you read the books, there is a hundred percent. There, there are, there's movie material in the stuff that happens before the Mist games because there's two books oh, that happen. Stuff. I think even yeah. before, like there's a ton of stuff in there that make great, uh, great movies. Um, but the thing that I would like to see a TV show is another thing that started as a book turned into a game, uh, and that's Arthur, Arthur C. Clarke's Rama uh, series. Uh, I think would be awesome for TV uh, in like a, a, but I'd like to see a Netflix type deal. I want to, I want it to have a certain amount of episodes. I don't want it to go like seven fucking years worth of shit. Uh, No, I want, I want to see maybe like a, like a two, a two parter, 10 episodes a piece uh, where they, they, they do stuff from, from Rama because uh, space is a a big thing right now. Space exploration. Uh, The beauty of Rama is, is that it's a little bit of both. It's the alien. It's alien stuff passing through, but we're meeting them halfway. Um, and uh, it's there's a lot of stuff that happens in Rama that's even for its time that it was written, it was super ahead of, of everything else. And I think would would do uh, fucking awesome uh, in a in a that. shorter Netflix series. I could see uh, that. One. And I if could you haven't missed as a TV show, if it was done right, yeah. uh, I don't know about a movie. I don't know if I'm gonna anybody's really gonna run it and watch that. But I think for a That'll TV a really show, I think it would movie. lend itself 
You know, even if yeah. it was each episode, you know, they were kind of like Maze Runner type thing where where they're going, you know, puzzles is part of part of the thing. But obviously they would need a story. But, yeah, I, I'm with you on on your second on your second pick. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into the second one. This one is from Travis uh, uh, Blunt or uh, I think it's Blunt or Blowent. Something like that. Who is four, a ten dollar four twenty blaze it? Can we just legalize is, weed so that pot smokers don't have anything to talk about anymore? Can we just do that? We can talk about we can talk about weed legalization on another podcast. That'll be a short be a conversation topic. for me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Travis, who is a ten dollar uh, supporter, so thank you. Um, this one is directed uh, to basically Adam and I. Um, oh, okay. And maybe maybe even Panic can chime in on what his best he thinks is best uh, as well. Um, outside of StarCraft content, which has been uh, outside of StarCraft content. I got to put my glasses on. I'm sorry, guys. Old man Jeffrey. Yeah, I know. Uh, outside of your StarCraft content uh, has been what has been your favorite and most fun to produce. I really enjoy all of Just Playthroughs, uh, Dark Souls slash Bloodborne games. The split between Adam and Jeff with Saints Row was outstanding. Uh, thanks for taking my question, guys. So I, the, the main question is, Adam, and I guess I'll start with you, is uh. what was your favorite, outside of StarCraft, what is or was your favorite content to produce uh, that we have done together to date? Together? Okay, because you mentioned some solo stuff there, I guess. But, uh, together, we'll keep it for uh, the Lag TV stuff then. Uh, the split. I guess makes the most sense. Okay, yeah, because it, it threw me off because he said the split between Adam and Jeff St. Rose. Because I thought maybe I'll give okay, I'll maybe, give a, I'll give a double answer. I'll give, give I'll double. give the stuff yeah, that give, I yeah okay, uh, yeah. Give it. We've already gone so long now. Just give it Yolo. a triple answer. Why right? Fuck it. Just answer everything. Uh, so <laughs> for Lang TV, I guess if I had to pick something that you know, wasn't StarCraft, the favorite content I did. I mean, I enjoyed doing pretty much any of the of the co op stuff that we did. Um. I think I had the most fun when we were just playing completely random games. Uh, it wasn't like it certainly. I, I had. I mean, I had fun with Minecraft. I had, you know, I had the the shit fun with Resident Evil Five, where it was just one of the shittiest games of like of all time. Yeah. You know, whatever. Um, but but when we were just playing completely random nonsense, um, I think I had the the most fun with that. I think the most. I think the most fun I had with us two doing anything in the same room uh, was you playing through um, uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, Shadow of I just Colossus. Laughed, that was I just a laughed fun, so fucking hard. That was a fun <laughs> night. <laughs> we can that we can thank <laughs> we can thank the taker for a rip there, bud meme for the the good yeah. laughs on that one. That uh, was a fun night, and that was so like that was, almost, that was fun. That was like us. That was the closest thing to the embodiment of lag TV. That we've ever uh, that we've ever been. Yeah, I mean, probably. that was quite literally what we closest. were when we yeah. were fifteen years old. That was yeah. l- that was actually it. That that right there, that playthrough right there. And you know what we should we should do it. That's that entire playthrough is on my channel. I can splice. I could take that whole thing and and uh, you know we can release because we can. We could actually <laughs> release that whole playthrough on Lag TV because I mean it's got yeah, a couple could. thousand views on my on my <laughs> channel. I'm sure there is a shit ton of people that in on the stream listening to this podcast that have never watched that, and it is 
in terms of chemistry, in terms of laughter, in terms of stories. I mean, we talked, interact with Chad, the works. I mean, it's all there, and oh, it's yeah, a it great there. fucking game. Uh, I think that would be another DLC opportunity. <laughs> you let's just let's just get the first DLC done <laughs> before we talk about number two. Uh, but yeah, I would say that's probably probably it for the, the lag TV side of things. And person for my for me personally, I get the most enjoyment out of doing. Um, my game reviews, I guess, as game reviews, I did like for a time doing my fast forward series that I only applied to Dark Souls because after that it was so much editing. I was like, "What the fuck am I doing with this?" Uh, yeah. But it was, it was, it, it did very well, and people really enjoyed it, so that was fun. But my reviews that I still do now, uh, hashtag sellout, go on over to WarCouncil.tv where I post all my written and video reviews, and they're pretty fucking fire. I have to say, it's one of the few things that I will. I will blow smoke up my own ass for is my reviews. My reviews are pretty good. So those I have a lot of fun with because it was, it's going back to what I did before lag TV existed. That was literally what I was doing for online content before the day Jeff walked in the door and said, let's do YouTube. It was me reviewing video games. Um, so it allowed me to do, it allows me to do that. And people support it. It gives me stuff on game with, there are people that say, Hey, I want to see you review games. So here, take some money and then get the reviews out and then I'll decide whether or not I'm going to buy the game based on whether or not you think it's good. Um, so it's, it's, it's nice to have a crossover, something that I enjoy doing and the community enjoys uh, and, are, and are willing to support me with. So that's probably my, my favorite solo endeavor. But what about you, Mr. Black? Um, my favorite thing that we've ever done outside of Star... I mean, StarCraft, of course, you know, trumps it. I mean, uh, the, the StarCraft is, is the GOAT. Um, uh, the, the whole when cheese fails shit is just, obviously, that's number one. Um, but since we're doing it outside of number one, I'm going to go and say the podcast. This right here. Oh, shit. I didn't even think right about here. that. That didn't even cross my mind to, like, include this because it's we're in the middle of doing it right now. But, yeah, that's very true. This right here is by far uh, the most enjoyable um, the only structure that I have in my life right now is Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, it's one of the few things that we commit to um, with no excuses. Uh, and, of course, Panic is here as well. You know, uh, the, 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 there's the three of us. But, you know, obviously this stemmed off of what we've managed to accomplish for the last six years. Um this by far is the show for me. I've always I've always wanted to be able to talk about whatever without the constraint. And we've always done it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to format. do it in, 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 in this structure. kind of format. I want to be able to argue with you like I did earlier. I want to be able to uh you know laugh i want to be able to you know get mad i want to be able you know i want all those because it's real um it's not scripted it's not it's not prepared i mean we have a little bulletin on what we want to talk about but it's it's very it's freeing um i guess that's the best way i can put it there there's no and and the 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 best part about it all is that it's being supported um which is reinforcement that you know, we are doing something right. We're on the right 
track. Um, and that's probably my favorite thing. And I can, you know, if this grows to be something bigger or if it doesn't, uh, but if it does grow to be something bigger and it does become uh, more of a full-time thing, uh, which I think would be a dream. Um, be awesome, yeah. Uh, I think that this would even trump what we did in StarCraft. I think the only thing with StarCraft um, that this doesn't have is StarCraft, uh, and it's much you know, longer. Obviously, there's a lot more history there because it's years opposed to going on two months. But um, I think that this has the ability to be able to uh, even surpass uh, that sort of thing. Uh, but it's, you know, one one foot at a time. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's, that would definitely be my pick. Of course, we've had some memorable things. You know, the Mario Kart thing uh, was a lot of fun trolling you, and, and that was, you know, great. <laughs> Fucking Chocolate it did. It did. A, it was great. It was a lot of fun. You know, we've done we've done things like Minecraft, but I mean, even Minecraft got old for us, and we we kind of phone needed in for a while, and uh, you know what, those things. But things like this, this is like something that can always be fresh, and there's always things to debate, and there's always uh, things to talk about. So this is definitely number one. Uh, in terms for me on content that I've done personally. It's a toss-up. Uh, I'm going to kind of throw it into them being the same. Uh, my my favorite content to produce, or not even to pro- yeah, I think even to produce, would be my movie reviews. Um, movie reviews for me, I also think I'm pretty good at doing it. Um, I know a lot more about movies than I do video games. Even though I do play video games for a living, you would think that my second job or my main job would be like a movie critic. Uh, although I'm not, I don't really have that that criticy type, you know, uh, jaded, you know, movie goer type thing. I still go as a movie fan. I never go to the movies as a critic, but I I obsess of movies. That's what I do for my escape. Before this was my job, video games were my escape, uh, my main escape. Now movies have become that. It's my break. It's my it's my everything. So that is definitely my favorite. And I would chew in my retro video game content where I go to yard sales and I pick up my collection that you guys see behind there. Uh, I really enjoy the high of that. Um, the reason why I'm not going to put that one in front is because with collecting video games, it is very time consuming. Uh, and you do have to put in a lot of work and you have to deal with a lot of dummies, uh, which can be you know a pain in the ass. Uh, buying things on you know Facebook or Kijiji or Craigslist it's just a fucking nightmare um if it wasn't for that that would it but the the movie reviews is definitely it in the perfect world I've been doing this for a long time I've been we have been fortunate enough to have this be our main source of income since 2011 uh which is insane when you think about it I mean there people have come and gone on YouTube on Twitch uh, everything we've managed to weather the storm, um, and we've had our ups and downs. And when you really think about it, we're we're kind of in a down right now in terms of, um, you know, revenue and things like that. But we're in an up in terms of, uh, content creation and the ability to grow and the excitement of where things are going. Uh, we're in the right direction for the first time in a long time. But my main dream would be that I could do this once or twice a week, uh, do my movie reviews without worrying about how much money I'm losing out on streaming, you know, because doing a movie review requires to go see the movie. 
You have to get the review out Friday because that's when people are even preferably Thursday night, go see a late show and then get it out. Cause that's when people are going to search for the reviews. And that's when they get a lot of the, a lot of your views and your new subscribers and stuff. But to be able to do that content without worrying about taking a full day off uh, and how much money you're going to lose out, you know, a day of streaming uh, can, can total a lot of money. If you're just going to go make a, a YouTube video, that's going to get five to 10,000 views and you'll make 10 bucks. I mean, it's just insane. Um, but the dream would be to do this, to do my movie reviews once a week, maybe twice a week, and then stream, you know, 30, 30 to 40 hours um, and not have to worry about anything. Uh, that would be the ultimate dream. And all those sort of things change. I'm sure Adam would feels the same way if he could do reviews and really get paid for it. You know, yeah, you have support and people do uh, enjoy it, but to really have that kind of take the forefront on things that you really enjoy doing. Now, I love streaming. I fucking love doing those things, but we've been doing them for a long time. And to be able to have the option to still support yourself, uh, further yourself financially, but also do the content that you love, uh, that would be the dream. That would be the dream, you know, cater to the fans and then cater to yourself would be the, the ultimate dream. And I think <laughs> that this right here, panic just got to, got to go to the door. Someone's at his house. Um, All I was going to say is like Panic's ultimate dream right now is to go relieve himself in the washroom. No, nah, no, nah, somebody said somebody he at the, the door. doorbell. Oh, but okay. that would be uh, that would be you know the dream. And Adam and I talked about it uh, uh, quite a, quite a few times. There's a lot of pressure with doing things the way that we do now, and I'm not and I'm not complaining about it. I'm rewarded very very greatly. But uh, man, it would be nice for this to be something bigger than what it is now. Um, and being able to do this a couple times a week would just be, it would be bliss. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> off, off topic, but uh, but but absolutely, yeah. That would be, uh, that'd be ideal. I mean, I, al- I always wanted to be able to work in the game industry but, and, and make money doing it. And so that would be the way to go. You know, you like doing your reviews for movies. I like doing it for, for games. And, and live streaming is awesome because you get to spend time with the, the community and be... Uh, not one-on-one, but you get to be more interacting uh, with with people on a daily basis, and and uh, yeah, there's nothing like that. Uh, it's amazing, yeah. No, there's, there's nothing like that. So it's 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 awesome, and it would be incredible to be able to continue to continue doing that. Uh, so yeah, you know how that would so, be possible if everybody right I, I now was, went over was, to our Patreon account. Oh I was god, liter- I was literally oh about god. to fucking segue that shit. You stole it. You I stole the segue. Hey, let me own this, dude. I'm known as the sellout motherfucker. Let all me own right, this you, bitch. All right, right you okay, just, then take you me just, home. You're you making sneak, us dirty. Take, you sneak in the home. shadows, bro, and you just reap the you just reap the rewards, the benefits. Take all right, me, just let me take the bullet. I'll be that motherfucker that's selling out. Go. Head on over Black guy to our Patreon first. account because <laughs> I want this to be a twice a week dream. And right now, at the money we're at, it's just not feasible. I'm sorry, guys, just not feasible. But we're getting there. <laughs> we're getting there. But you know what we're getting really close to? That DLC hype. And for those that don't know, once we reach 350 Patreons or $3,500, we will release the. Uh, the scam that happened in Lake TV in our first year where we lost $30,000 where we got scammed through Machinima and all that other stuff. It's already recorded. It's pre-recorded uh, stuff because we're just that sellouty, and uh, we're almost there. We are 80 
uh, $88 away from the release. Oh. Adam Adam is going to edit that shit up. Once we hit that, we're going to release that on iTunes. We're going to release that on uh, YouTube and everywhere else that you guys can listen to this. Um, the Dirty DLC. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, just, we're just trying to inch. We're trying to give you guys some incentives other than the, the swag that's coming. Um, and I think people are going to be even more on board with all of this when they can see all the cool swag um, that we've we've ordered. Panic, you ordered all that stuff, right? Um, I ordered it. They have to act the order, but um, it should be about a week or two till it comes in. There you um, go. I have the so, picture of the proofs and everything. If we want to show that somewhere, yeah, we can we can do that. We can show we can show that we can make a dedicated video. We can even show it on the next podcast as well. Uh, show off some of the swag. So yeah, if you guys you know are really enjoying the content, um, go and show some love. It can be even as small as one dollar. And trust me, when a thousand people do one dollar, shit adds up real quick. Jeff, I'm real no mathematician, quick. but that's like eight hundred dollars, right? Mm, maybe 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 <laughs> after uh, uh, Patreon takes her cut. Maybe after Patreon takes her cut. <laughs> but yeah, that that's that's the shameless plug. We're almost there. We're trying to reach these stretch goals. Um, but hey, we're really we're really thankful for what we have. There's not a lot of podcasts out there that can go from zero to three to almost thirty five hundred dollars on week six or seven or whatever we're on. So you know, that's just the, that's just the leg TV community showing the fuck up. Um, and, and, uh, playing ball with us. So, um, obviously we're dedicated and, uh, hopefully you guys are on board with us as well. And if you can't, then listening to iTunes and doing that rating is a great way to support the stream for free. It is I don't, absolutely, okay, I want to I wanna drill this. I want to drill this home. Okay. I'm going to drill, drill this. If, if, for how many drill people it. are still have managed all the way through this podcast, you're like three and a half hours deep and you've, you've just marathoned yourself into the ground you tried to run this whole thing out you just don't have the cardio for it anymore well i got something Guys else told for me you it was only okay? two hours yeah <laughs> i uh, have to finish it now i want to frame as always when possible how important those reviews are so uh in the last in last week's podcast for over the course of time um, we only had a handful of reviews and we didn't have enough reviews to help us get into the top 10 lists. And so our growth for the first time in six weeks still went up, but it wasn't nearly as much as the weeks previous because we didn't break into those top 10 lists. Right now, we don't have the listenership uh, in order to get us into the top 10 lists without having the reviews to add to the metrics that iTunes uses to populate those lists. And so if there are right now, as it stands on iTunes, there are about 24 to 2,500 people that download this podcast and we have 46 or 48 reviews or something in that neighborhood. At? Like first uh, or second week. First week, like uh, 800. Yeah. So it's going up. Drastically. So it's going up. When we hit those ten, when we hit those top ten points, our growth was almost two hundred viewers a day or listeners a day, in between uh, the main download days. So after the first seventy-two hours, everybody that's already subscribed to the podcast has gotten their feeds updated usually, and then anything after that is is generally organic growth. And we were getting about two hundred a day. With this, it's dropped out quite considerably. That's not to say that we absolutely. You know, we're, uh, we don't want to beg for reviews, but they are at this point in the, in the podcast no, life, 
The I'm begging. All right, you, Jeff's begging. This At is this a point new podcast, like and favorite life, videos. This, this is, is what will this is what will do it. It's not going to be YouTube. It's not going to be Twitch. Uh, it, it, on iTunes, it's eighty percent of the of the listenership uh, for pretty much any giving podcast. And so reviews right now. If you wanted to help support us, and you're not able maybe to do anything on Patreon, I've had people come to my streams telling me I literally created an account and downloaded iTunes and loaded it up and wrote a review and gave it five stars. And I was hype as shit because that is dedication beyond words. And we don't necessarily need everybody to do that, but we would love it if you did because it would go a long, long, long way in helping this podcast grow. And uh, if you think that it's good enough uh, for other people to listen to, then that's one way of helping us out. Uh, Do we have anything else to, to add, gentlemen? Have we finally hit the end of the road? We've definitely hit the end of the road. Uh, I don't have anything more to add. It's a good podcast. It's really good. This Got is the heated. best podcast we've had good. yet. Oh yeah, I like it. I, we I, have I, it any the, other the, way? No, it was good. We just let that. We just let that shit go. It is fire. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's going to be it for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, for technical alpha, hopefully you enjoyed it, despite it running a little over. If you're on YouTube, please little. get. Get in on the conversation. If you're watching this and we're talking about you know shows that we'd like to see turn into movies or movies into shows or uh, any of these topics, let us know in the comments because Jeff and I are reading all of them and and I, I love read reading those I comments read them too. I love that. It, yeah, the panics reading them too. We'd love to be able to interact there with that. So feel free to to engage in the in the comments on YouTube. Uh, and for those of you uh, listening out there as well, you can join the community on Patreon and let us know what you think there. Uh, all the same, because we'd love to hear from you guys. Interaction is what we're in this business for, uh, other than, than than putting bread in our mouths. So, thank you once again for listening. Uh, and until next week, this has been the uh, the trio of gentlemen from Technical Alpha. We will see you guys in another seven days. Oh, Peace. Patreons, Whoa, Patreons, Patreons! Give them the oh, shoutouts. We got some ballers up in this bitch. Oh, damn it! Oh, I know. I was getting. I was getting there. I was Pick getting him up there. with that page, man. Get some I love, I was getting dude. there. I wasn't going to forget. I was getting there. I was getting there. Here we, we got are. got some hitters. Here what we are. What the way you been doing the we patch do. notes? Hey, look. Look, I'm not saying anything, but uh, I might have been half asleep for this entire podcast. Technical Alpha is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon producers, of which we've added two this week. Uh, mm. In the midst of that DLC, oh, yeah. dirty, dirty uh, DLC. We got him. We got him. We got him. Uh, we got Beastall Kid, Mr. Miyagi, yes. Adam B, yes. Toad of Steel, Naley, J.A., Derek P. One moment, please. Ah. Jonathan A., Frycy, Ice Wolf, Draco is one of the new ones, and Jamaican Jazz. Shout the other to new motherfucking Beastall and Miyagi. These guys are dropping it some heaters. I can't wait until they get their their, their all oh, their swag that's all coming swag. in. And shout outs to all of our Twitch subscribers. Uh, I don't know how many we're at right now, Adam. Do you want to? We are at 110 because the Twitch Prime stuff rolled over. Oh rip! We were at <laughs> we are, we're at more, but that's Twitch Prime. So shout outs to all those subs that we are coming via uh, video via Absolutely. Twitch as well. So thank you everybody. All right, that's it. That's Ladies and gentlemen, 
The sellout has ended for yet another week. We will see you guys next week for uh, more salt and, uh, and, and probably a few laughs as well. We'd like to keep it a little light around here every now and then. Uh, until then, peace! Bye.